Blog Talk Radio. What's up out there, ladies and gentlemen? It is Wide Men Can't Jump. I am Nate. He is T.R. What's up, T.R.? Yowza, yowza, yowza. Welcome to another oh, week TR? of Wide Men Can't Jump. It's another week, and let's go ahead and get with our guest. Joining us now is the big man himself from Killer Elite Squad, New Japan Pro Wrestling's own Lance Hoyt. Lance, thank you for jumping on with us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. No problem, man. Thank you for having me on. Not a problem. Guys, so, Lance, when, can you guys hear me all right? Go ahead. I'm, yeah, I hear you great, man. You're coming through loud and clear. Um, Lance and I had spoken a couple times via Twitter, and uh, Lance told me a pretty neat story. You played basketball back in um, your high school days. Is that right, Lance? Yeah, if you want to call it playing. Sure, sure. <laughs> Well, could you explain to us, uh, you know, you told me, because uh, you're from Texas, and uh, Texas right. is uh, football country down there. Yep, That's yep. 5A, the Friday Night Lights of Texas. Go ahead and, uh, you know, you told me you played basketball for one specific reason. Uh, go ahead and explain to our listeners what exactly that was. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I played, uh, football was my number one sport. Baseball was my other sport. You know, I was a pitcher and a, a quarterback, and, you know, I uh, I wanted that extra letter. There was come some time in between, you know, the seasons, football and baseball season. And uh, the, the coach was like, well, if you want to come out for the team, come on out. And you, you get the letter, just understand your role. And I was like, yeah, no problem. I actually was on the team. Uh, I actually started a lot of the games because I would get the tip off. And then as, about as soon as they could pull me out of the game after the tip off, they actually did. So I didn't play a whole lot, but I started a whole lot because I, I could get the tip off. Uh, and then, you know, if we were beating the crap out of a team or if we were really losing really bad, then that, I'd usually get in at the end of the game. But other than that, you know, I was just there for moral support and had a good time with the, the guys traveling and doing the tournaments and stuff like that. So I, I had a good time, but, uh, you know, I wasn't out there trying to win a starting position or anything for a full-time thing with basketball. Hey, Lance, this is TR. How you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Uh uh, me and Nate are wrestling guys, but we're also psychos over basketball too. So we blend as much as we can to stay on. Back in the day, uh, I read that you ended up a quarterback in college, and you just said you were a pitcher. Were you uh, were you the height you are now in in your like your senior, junior, senior year? Um, you know, I think if I remember correctly, I graduated high school at about six four, six four and a half. I'm a, a little over six six right now. Um, so no, I wasn't fully grown. I guess I, I think I stopped growing about twenty three, twenty four years old. Um, so you had hops though. Did you could could you uh, could you throw it down? I imagine. I mean, I could throw a ball, but I didn't have any hops. I couldn't jump to save my life. But I could throw a ball, you know, fifty yards standing flat foot. Uh, I mean, uh, quarterback and pitcher. I mean, uh, I I played high school sports too, and just seeing a tall pitcher, and I imagine you're in reasonably good shape back then playing all three sports. That's an intimidating sight. I'd like to think so. (laughs) I'm six. I'm six foot one, and uh, you know, coming to the plate against somebody that's that's looking to be six foot five with that elevated pitcher's mound. What kind of heat were you getting on your fastball? 
You know, I, I was more of a control pitcher. I had a, had a great curveball. I could make dudes jump out of the box when it was on. I had a pretty good slider, a decent changeup. Um, you know, I had good control. I, my, my speed wasn't the, the, the biggest with baseball. Like I said, I, I never got myself clocked, and I'm probably glad I didn't because it wasn't the fastest. Like I said, I just had really good control. I could put it pretty much anywhere I wanted to when I wanted to, and that helped me out of a lot of jams in comparison to actually just being able to pitch it by somebody. Right on. Got something, Nate? Yeah, uh, Lance, you talked about playing basketball just to get the letter, and you had some all right. time. Um, basically, did you use is the training you use for basketball? Because we've talked to like Ron Fuller Welch and guys like that that played basketball and transitioned into wrestling. Uh, was your training for that particular sport more helpful towards your football and baseball and eventually wrestling training? Because I know. Football is a lot of weights, a lot of lifting, where basketball is more running and right. trying to maybe slim down more than to put weight on. Right. Um, you know, for me, you know, obviously, yeah, like we said, with football, with the weight training and trying to get bigger and stronger um, and faster all at the same time, you know, the sports change tremendously, especially when you're coming out of Texas ball and whatnot. And, you know, like I said, basketball, because I was only there for the letter, I, I participated in a lot of this stuff, but it was more for the conditioning and things like that. And then when I got into wrestling, I think, uh, it, you, you know, what we're doing is a visual sport. It's entertainment. It's for the people. It's for TV. It's for that, that show aspect of it. Um, so I started to train more for me and for that rather than for the power and the explosion you know, that they're training you for in, in football and even in basketball with the explosion that they're trying to get you off the lines and certain things like that. Um, so when I transitioned into wrestling, my training turned into more athletically pleasing uh, training. You know, how can I make myself look better for TV? I don't have to be the strongest. I don't have to be the quickest. I don't have to be the, you know, fastest, you know, in the ring. I, all those things can absolutely help me. But if I look that way, uh, and, and it comes off to the people that way, then that's the thing that I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to portray to the people is the image of being the biggest, strongest, and fastest, regardless if I am or not. I have kind of a uh, weird question, um, and these will be my words, not yours, but I'd like to get your take. Mm -hmm. uh, WrestleMania season coming up uh, Sunday, I believe, right? Right. And, um, right. You work for WWE. You worked. Uh, you're currently working in New Japan, which is a pretty good gig uh, right now. You're on American TV, and it seems to be growing every mm -hmm. time I turn around, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, tag team with that friggin' monster Harry Smith. Jeez, uh, you two guys together, badass team. But um, <laughs> back back to that quick WWE point. Um, okay. It seems so weird. You know, Jeff was on our show last week. And I just saw videos of Jeff Jarrett um, reuniting with guys like AJ and Bobby Roode and whoever else. Um, it seems like you had weird timing with them because now, now it's like, okay, the brass loves TNA guys and fills up the roster with mm -hmm. TNA guys. Mm -hmm. And around your time there, it, it seemed like, you know, once in a while they'd grab a guy and, and just really not, not put the rocket on them, so to speak. I don't want you to say right. anything you're uncomfortable with, but no. was is it is it like that? Is it did the did the opinion change like in the, in the years that passed? Like, were you a victim of wrong timing, or did you have a good run there? 
uh, I did not have a good run. Um, a lot of things could be equated to that necessarily. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for what I got my opportunities to do. You know, you talk about WrestleMania. I, I actually had a WrestleMania moment. I, I got to lace up the boots, and I was in a battle royal. And, and I had before it was the Andre the Giant battle royal, they usually would just do a battle royal with all the guys that were there to give them an opportunity to go out there and work. And I, I got that opportunity. And there's not that many guys, considering how many guys are actually in the business, have been in the business, and will be in the business that'll actually ever get an actual WrestleMania moment. Now, I got to walk out in front of, you know, the, the filtering in 72,000 people in Arizona the year that I was there. Um, so I don't regret any of the time that I was there. Um, yeah, back then, you know, the company, WWE's, uh, I think they're, the way they operated and the way they looked at all the other wrestling that existed in the world um, was on a much different level. You know, they were very much just a – in their mindset, it was they were the only things that existed. Like you said, once in a while, a guy would come over from TNA or something like that, but there was no acknowledgement of that. There was no acknowledgement of their past, really. It was only, guess what? This guy's in WWE, and this is who he is, and this is where he started, and this is where he's going to be growing from. And, you know, they really didn't acknowledge kind of where you came from. You know, they used to do that back in the day with the WCWs and the ECWs. You know, the hell they had their own ECW invasions and things like that way back in the day, which I think is kind of why – they continued with the ECW product when they were doing it, when I was a part of it. Uh, but, you know, when I got brought in, you know, it was very much, well, let's, let's do everything that's different than what he was when he was at TNA. Because, like, actually, when I debuted on ECW, um, the night I was going to debut, I still had hair down to the middle of my back. I had a goatee braided down about, you know, six inches. Um, and they decided to cut all that off, cut my hair as short as they did, shave my face completely you know, almost completely bald, and it was almost on purpose to go, well, he never looked like that in his TNA times, but this will be his first, you know, inclusion into WWE's product, and this is what people will know him and remember him for. So, yeah, there was very much a disconnect uh, of a TNA talent or really any other place that you'd ever been, you know, prior to being with WWE, whereas now, and I think a lot of it has to be attributed to NXT and how Triple H has uh, allowed NXT to grow and then just how – you know, the exposure that you talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's retrospectively, it's the second largest company in the world, and it's continuing to grow. We just did a show in, in Los Angeles. Uh, it was a 5,000-seat arena that sold out in 20 minutes, you know, and they're looking to grow. We've got another one coming up in July at the Cow Palace, and we're hoping that, you know, sells out just as fast and just as good, and the crowd's amazing. Um, so the WWE can't really ignore in my opinion, these days, uh, all the other wrestling that exists around the world. The Internet has expanded pro wrestling in so many tremendous ways. You know, I'll be on a show this weekend uh, for Tommy Dreamer, House of Hardcore, and they produce their shows live on Twitch that can be seen around the world. Um, there's a lot of new platforms that are expanding the independent wrestling world to the point where guys are making a name and making a living just on the independence. You know, I make a living, a really good living, in my opinion, working for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and whereas in the past, you know, WWE could ignore that fact, like when I was there back in 2009, 2010, now in 2018, they can't ignore that. You know, that's why you're seeing guys like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, uh, War Machine that just signed on uh, in the NXT right. product. All the guys, you know, Austin Aries was using his name. Uh, heck, EC3 is using EC3 in NXT. Right. You know, I saw it somewhere on the Internet. It's like, retrospectively, there's a gimmicked uh, relative of Dixie Carter wrestling for WWE right now. 
You know, and that's right. it, it's such it's such a and you know he used to be there. They could have easily gone back to his name that he had when he was there, but it was lost all the steam that he's created as Ethan Carter the third EC three. Uh, you know, in the wrestling world, and so what they've done is they've changed their mo, and instead of ignoring what guys have been and what they've accomplished and what they're doing, they're simply capitalizing on it and making their own money off of it, which is kind of what they used to do back in the day, like when WCW and WWE. The F back in the day were, were battling each other. You know, they didn't ignore where the guys came from. They acknowledged it and they moved forward with it and made their own money off of it. And that's kind of what they're doing again now, which I think is great for the business because it, it, it's exciting if you become a fan of guys uh, like that are showing up, like War Machine that have, have recently showed up in NXT and when they show up on the TV product and that they continue just to be War Machine and they continue to be Ray Rowe and, and Hanson you don't have to change your thought process as to who they were and what you really enjoyed about them. Now you just get to see them on that product in that stage, which is really cool for the wrestling fan. And I think it's helping change the business as a whole, which is a cool thing. It's a good thing. But yeah, it was very different when I was there. Agreed. Well, Lance, I watched you uh, and Harry or baby boy Smith uh, work evil and Sonata on wrestle kingdom. Um, a few months right. back, I actually ordered New Japan World to make sure I didn't miss Wrestle Kingdom and all the hype around it. Good. And um, I, I really enjoyed the match. I thought you guys did great. But uh, one thing that's making the rounds on the internet right now is the uh-huh. uh, the GIF or the video, whatever you want to call it, of you <laughs> giving the Japanese little boy in the front row, mm-hmm. just down the road, just going full hill, and the dad <laughs> is holding him, and the kid is crying. And yeah. I thought that was brilliant. I love that because I love the old school <laughs> heel. Make the kids, make them hate you. And you did such a yeah. good job doing that. And did you just single him out or did you see him and kind of go off the cuff with that? Or does New Japan give you the kind of freedom to do things like that? Well, the amazing thing about New Japan, yeah, you know, I've been with New Japan since 2011. And that's the fun, fun thing about the business is, you know, I have been with the company since 2011, but just in the last couple of years, people really, really started paying attention to with the exposure, like through New Japan World. Um, you know, the, the cool thing that I've experienced the entire time I've been with New Japan Pro Wrestling is there's been very little, no, you can't do that. It's always, you know, obviously you can't hurt anybody. You can't do anything that's going to cause them legal problems. But at the same time, They've always told me more, more monster, more big, more strong, more scary, more everything. You know, it's never been, a, oh, don't do that. Oh, calm down. Oh, you know, stop doing that, which I got a lot of that in my early years with some of the bigger promotions I was with. Uh, New Japan is just always encouraged to be bigger and scarier and, and, and more monster. You know, that's always what I heard was more monster, more monster. And, um, you know, just the progression of the character, the American Psycho Lance Archer, as as it's come to be from 2011 when I debuted there to what it is now, and those are just kind of natural moments. You know, I'm I, the fan base still understands and they still respect the business. You know, the the kids don't understand. You know, especially with the gaijin, the foreigners. You know, this big scary gaijin comes running at you, and they're like, "I'm going to die," and um, <laughs> that kid. That kid, I don't even know if it was the same kid, but like a few weeks ago, uh, the same exact situation happened where we were at Cork and Hall, and there was a father and a little kid right there in the front row, and I just had him bawling and crying. It's not the first time I've done it. It's just recently it's gotten the most exposure because of New Japan World. And, you know, just the other night with the Sacros Genesis uh, at the Ryogoku Sumo Hall, 
again, there was a father and his kid. And I, it might have been the same kid. And if it was, then this, that makes it even more fun for me because I got to scare the same kid twice to the point of crying. If it was a different kid, then I'm scaring just multiple kids around the world. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of a natural moment. You know, I'm just coming cruising around doing my thing, and I see this kid, and I go after him, and he starts crying. And so I just go into it. And, you know, in Japan, you know, you don't get a whole lot of boos from people. And the fact that I got an arena full of people to boo me was a really big accomplishment, in my, in my opinion, anyway. Well, I yeah, know Lance Storm, really, Lance Storm really put it over on Twitter. Um, and I, and I, to me, that, that's high praise from, from Lance Storm. But it was very well done. Oh, yeah, I, as a fan looking back and somebody who's, who's done some things in the wrestling business, I really enjoyed it and thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, it was one of those moments, you know, and what he was referring to, you know, some, some of the guys were wrestling and they're busting their butts and they're, they're working their butts off. And a couple guys got accidentally busted open you know, he was just referring to the fact that I was able to get as much attention and, and reaction out of scaring a child in the front row as some of these guys were that were busting their butts. And there's nothing – I'm not taking anything away from those guys because they went out there and they put their bodies on the line. We all do every night, you know. So I'm, there's no disrespect in any way, and I don't think there was any disrespect coming from Storm as well. It was just kind of pointing out that I was able to take a very small moment and make it mean something very big. Yeah, when I was coming up uh... – I would uh get the Japanese tapes and uh and then I I'd, I'd run into like Brody and uh Abdullah when I was about 15 or 16 years old and it's the old Johnny Valentine I can't believe I can't make you believe wrestling's real but I can make you believe I'm real uh right if they if they came towards you when they were brawling in the stands you're out of there I don't right. there there's no uh armchair tough guys in, in the crowd when, so, when a big mean man is coming towards you. So I, I like that old school flavor to echo what Nate said. Now, a uh, quick right. question you, you mentioned about New Japan and um, mm-hmm. the success of Long Beach and Access TV and uh, mm-hmm. your return to the Cow Palace. Now, for mm-hmm. me in Philly, I'm a big baby. So if I got a flight to California, I'm bitching. But I imagine... <laughs> I imagine uh, it'll, your it'll be well worth it, man. You'll be well worth it. It's only it's only what a three four hour flight. Come on, man. Well, what <laughs> what I'm saying is compared to you, where uh-huh. you got to go overseas and you got to take them long damn bus trips and all that good stuff. California's got to be right. like uh, jumping in a car for you practically, huh? Well, but and you're not even. Uh, we actually flew from Japan. Like I'd been on tour in Japan, and flew oh, you with came that the way. Crew. Okay. Uh, yeah, I flew from Tokyo to L.A., did the show in L.A., and then turned right back around the next day and flew back to Tokyo for the rest of the shows that we had to do. <laughs> um, I bet. I didn't know the dates of to the tour. My, my bet. <laughs> so, so speaking you, of traveling, I did, I did quite a bit there. Are you getting to go from are – you, are you in Texas still? Yeah, yeah, still in Texas. Are you getting to go from Texas to California this time, or is it, is it the same deal you got to go from Japan? I don't know. That's in July, so I don't even know what the full schedule is at this time. I kind of don't even know if I'll be a part of it. You know, there, there's so many guys in New Japan, rest, uh, New Japan right now that unfortunately, the, you know, guys are kind of uh, shifted in, shifted out, depending on the storylines, who's doing what and where. You know, we were in a good position where, you know, we're being uh, put in position to be the next challengers for the tag titles, you know, that we lost at the Tokyo Dome. Um, so we were part of that storyline and continuing that storyline with, you know, our domination and what we've been doing. Um, now, 
what happens past, you know, this next tour that we're on, which is the Dantaku tour. We have a title match on uh, April 29th in Kumamoto, Japan. Um, depending on what happens there might determine whether, you know, we're a part of the San Francisco gig or not. You know, like I said, and that's a bigger show with a bigger place and a bigger venue. So they're probably going to be trying to push for some, some bigger matches. And, you know, it just depends on who's doing what, when, how, and where. New Japan's very much focused on, uh, you know, who are the champions, who are the challengers. And it's a very simple storyline, which I think is appealing to a lot of the wrestling fans these days. So hopefully I'll be a part of the stuff that's in California, but I don't know at this point. And I don't know, you know, where I'll be traveling from. Gotcha. Lance, if you are in the Cow Palace and you so happen to make that uh-huh. show, um, you may uh-huh. run into a guy at ringside who's a photographer. Okay named Dr. Mike Lane. If you catch him with a boot in the face, the entire crowd will cheer as he gets in the entire front row's way of taking pictures inside the cow palace. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you've noticed, I've got a, a pretty unique entrance lately, and, and, and if he's in the front row, he'll probably regret it if he's got his camera out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll have – I mean, this this guy he's referring to is a, a longtime fan, photographer, uh slash part of the business he had a hookup with gong magazine i don't even know if that's still going on but uh i mean take takes you know if he gets a hold of you in the corner then bend your ear you'll be booked in australia new zealand all (laughs) kinds of places and then all of a sudden you won't be there but um i've been uh, experienced that once or twice in this business yeah um Good guy though, good you know, but but like like Nate said, he sometimes gets in the way of the uh, of the view of the fans. So it probably would be a pretty big pop if uh, you know he accidentally <laughs> quote unquote caught a potato. But what are you gonna do? <laughs> right. But you, uh, not we won't take too much more of your time, Lance. But I do have one question, at least one last one from me. Uh, you oh, team good, with. Man. They, well, I mean, hey, you're welcome on as long as you want to be on, sir. We we will not <laughs> shun you away. Um, Davey Boy right. Smith Jr., your tag team partner, Harry Smith, um, you two right. took very different paths to get into the wrestling business. He was kind of born into it. Mm-hmm. You worked right. your way in, which he did as well. He you know He's busted his mm-hmm. butt a lot of years. Um, what's it like teaming with a guy like that? Because you've had a lot of tag team partners over the year, whether it be Kid Cash or in the Rock and Rave Infection, mm-hmm. and now you're in the Killer mm-hmm. Elite Squad, which I consider one of the best tag teams in the world today. And I'm not blowing smoke either, just because you're on here. I just <laughs> I, I admit it. That's the truth. Um, what's it like teaming with Harry and working with him in Japan? Um, it's been great. You know, it's it, my whole run in Japan has been the best part of my career. I, I've said to guys time and time again, if I'd have been able to do what I'm doing now before I ever went to WWE, I think my story would have been very different in WWE. Um, but as far as being able to to tag with Smith as long as I have and have the success that we have had together, um, it's been really cool. You know, like you said, I, I knew him and we actually wrestled against each other a couple times in our WWE times. And he obviously had a little bit better run than I did in WWE being a tag champion with Tyson Kidd and all that. Um, but what he and I have been able to accomplish since we've both been in, in New Japan, uh, you know, me 2011 and he joined in 2012 and then we immediately were, were teamed together. Um, you know, it, it's just been a really, really cool experience. You know, obviously, like you said, his, his life, being born into it and being around it. I think he had his first match when he was like eight years old. And I think he actually wrestled 
in front of some kind of WWE audience or WWE audience when he was like 11 years old in some capacity. And, you know, he's just, he's grown up in it. He's, he's never not been in or around this business in, in his entire life. Whereas me, I didn't get into it until I was 23 years old. And, you know, I started training and, you know, I've had a very different path with, you know, the independence to TNA to uh, WWE now to New Japan and then work in different, you know, Mexico and the Ring of Honor and a lot of other little promotions here and there and everywhere throughout my time. Um, but what he and I have been able to do as a team has been a really, really cool thing. Um, I think both of us came into New Japan with the desire to show people that we were so much more than what people kind of thought we were because of what WWE had, had done or better yet said not done with us. Um, so we both had the, that kind of that little chip on our shoulders and wanted to prove to the wrestling world that, you know, that he, he wanted to prove that he was not just the son of the British Bulldog, but that he himself was a true superstar. And I wanted to prove to the wrestling world that of all the entities that I'd taken on and all the wrestling time that I'd done with the different companies, that I was something special regardless of what they thought I was. So it's been a really cool experience of him and I coming together, creating this team and kind of really creating our own, uh, story in the professional wrestling world and, and hopefully you know especially you know in japan it, it'll be remembered for a long time hopefully uh lance do you have any crazy uh that you can share on the air uh <laughs> road stories slash ribs slash uh whatever any fun anecdotes that our fans might not know about that you can share whether it be tna wwe roh uh Texas Indies or New Japan? Anything, anything uh, <laughs> that isn't out there that we could break, sort of, in a lighthearted uh, way. When nobody gets in trouble. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, there's so many things I've, I've, I've been blessed in so many ways. You know, and I'm no perfect angel. You know, I, I profess my faith in God and Christ. Uh, I try to do it on a daily basis, and but I'm no, I'm no angel my, per se. So the, the story that I'll tell is, is kind of a no angel story because we all have those moments <laughs> in our life. Um, yes. You know, and I, I, that's I'm what not there's a good con- that's what there's confession for. Yeah, <laughs> I have to do it daily, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's. I'm not a big drinker. You know, I'll, I'll go out with the boys. I'll have a couple drinks. I like my whiskey Cokes, but I, I usually never go out and just get tore up from the floor. Up. I usually just have a couple and eat the food and have some laughs. And then I go back to the ring. I'm kind of the old, the ring, the, the room, the, the hotel room. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of the old fogey that way. You know, I don't like to stay out all night. I, I like to, you know, eat and relax and have some laughs and be done and get to bed as quick as I can. Uh, but there was one night that, you know, Smith and I went out with, uh, and in Japan, uh, sponsors are a real big deal. If you don't know what a sponsor is, a sponsor is a guy or, or a person that uh, just really enjoys wrestling for whatever reason and has a lot of money, you know, whether it from his family, from, you know, the work that they do or whatever the case may be. And then they take you out and they wine and dine you, basically. They, they'll, they'll take right. care of the whole bill. They feed you. Everybody's together. It's usually in large groups. Um, so... You know, Smith and I had this one night where the sponsor was like, oh, come and eat with us. And we're like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Let's go eat. Um, And we were all going near the Tokyo Dome Hotel, which is where we were staying. So, you know, we weren't jumping in a taxi. We weren't on the trains. We weren't, you know, in somebody's car. Like a lot of times when you go out with a sponsor, you end up going pretty far. Well, this was literally like right over the bridge and in a restaurant next door. Uh, Harry had brought up that he liked hot sake. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's have some hot sake. 
uh, they call it Otscon. And so, you know, we're, we're eating and, you know, I've had a couple of, you know, like I said, my Coke highs and Harry had a few beers and then all of a sudden they bring like eight or nine vials of, of hot sake and they set it on the table. And it's like, uh, all right. So, you know, we're drinking some hot sake and we're trying to pass it around. But for the most part, it's Smith and I just drinking this hot sake. And before we leave this dinner, he and I are pretty lit at this point. Um, And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're going to go, we're going to go to the next place. We're going to go to karaoke bar. And you guys coming? We're like, yeah, sure. Why not? Where are we going? They're like, oh, it's just down the street. So again, we're right by the Tokyo Dome. We don't have very far to go. So I'm not even worried about it. We're, we're, we're laughing and giggling and we're pretty, you know, we're pretty drunk at this point to say the least. Uh, And we get to this karaoke spot and we walk in and it's last call. So the, the, sponsor gets us like 15 more vials of the the hot sake and just wow. pushes it right in front right in front of smith and i and we're just looking at each other like oh man we're in trouble <laughs> um to the point where again trying to pass it around we're just getting tore up and you know the there's one of the girls that worked in the office with us had a time she was in the bathroom she was throwing up you know we had this little dj guy that just basically he was passed out you know face down on the floor and you know, it was just one of those nights where we just, it was too much sake, it was too much alcohol, it was just insane. And by the time, you know, we got done with everything and we're headed back to the hotel, it's literally like Smith and I arm in arm walking like in a snake pattern over this bridge back to our rooms. And it was one of the worst choices I'd ever made as far as drinking sake. I really can't drink hot sake to this day because of that. The next day... <laughs> Um, the next day, I, I couldn't get up. I tried three different times. I took pre-workout. I got up every time with the intention of getting the heck out of that hotel room, going and doing something productive, maybe going to the gym and sweating some of this crap out. I never threw up. I probably should have, but never got out of the room. It was like 7 o'clock that night, and finally I had another sponsor, and Smith was supposed to be coming. I was like, I've got to go eat something. I'm not going to drink anymore. I show up, and uh, I'm like, man, Smith, I was like, that was the worst decision I ever made. And he's like, yeah, man, it was horrible. And I said, I was like, I didn't leave my room all day long. I was like, I tried, and I never left. I was like, what, what about you? And he goes, oh, yeah, I was up at 11 a.m. training with the original Tiger Mask doing kickbox training. I was like, are you freaking insane? He's like, oh, man, I was sweating sake. So he was up at you – know, he's a beast, man. You're talking about, talking about a, man, <laughs> a man, a myth among men. You know, he, like I said, he was up at 11 o'clock that morning, kickbox training, sweating the sake out. And it was just one of those crazy Ooh. nights. Maybe not the, the funniest story, but if you were there, you'd just been like, holy crap. And that, and that crazy would- Sayama – hitting him with uh, kendo sticks the next morning. That's that's crazy. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure he was getting hit with kendo sticks and made to kick the bags as hard and many times as he could. It was pretty crazy. Wow. I can picture you two walking across that bridge, and I, and I like to think that oh, you yeah. were both singing some song and just seeing the, seeing were. someone go, go past you. Just I, It's like, that's the killer elite squad, but, man, they are having a hell of a time right now on this bridge. I think we were actually actually singing Liger's uh, theme song because pretty much every one of the karaoke bars you go to, Liger's song is one of the choices. You can choose to try to sing Liger's song. And Harry actually can sing most of it. It's pretty funny when he just tries to do it. So I think both of us were probably, da-da-da, Liger, across the whole bridge. That's pretty funny. And I'm sure Harry's uh, Canadian accent makes it that much better. I could really enjoy that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> TR, you got anything else for our guest before we let him go? Yeah, I was just going to tell Lance, uh, thank you for coming on and all that good stuff. Uh, you're welcome anytime. And, thank you. Um, 
I'm a I'm a buddy of uh, Big Mike, Michael Elgin. So if you run into him, cool. he'll he'll get the joke if you get the memory. Tell him uh, Stutter and Tommy Rich said hello. <laughs> I will. I should see him on the next tour. We go back next Wednesday. And then maybe maybe if you're on a, a bus board, he'll he'll play some audio from my old show. <laughs> my <laughs> alter ego is Stutter and Tommy Rich, and you'll kind of get the joke then. All right, Stutter and Tommy Rich. I'll let it. I'll see what he says. All right, brother. Well, Lance, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, enjoy a Ribera steak the next time you're back over there for me and Tr. I, I just hope they're as good as what I've heard. So I've always they're, wanted they're to go really there. If you, if you ever go, if you ever go to Tokyo, uh, I absolutely suggest go to Ribera because of the nostalgia, uh, nostalgic visual and you know everything that is Ribera. But there's another place called Danger Steak. Yeah, it's a, he's an old deathmatch wrestler. Is Mr. Danger. Uh, and he's got mm. his own place. And if you want to go for a good tasting steak, go to Danger Steak. If you just want to go for the experience, go to Ribera. All right, so Nate, when we go to Japan, awesome. we got to mark out and get the jacket okay. with the Ribera jacket on it, and then we'll get the good steak at Danger. Obviously. Hey, y'all, yeah. y'all need to come to Wrestle Kingdom next year. It's on January 4th, same day every year. Plan it now. We're going to have to. I can get away with this new baby coming. I will try. <laughs> I would love to make it over to Japan. That is a that is a goal to one day make it over to Japan. I would love to visit for Wrestle Kingdom and wrestling in the Tokyo Dome. I'm sure there's nothing like maybe WrestleMania compares to it, but not much else. Uh, but but congratulations on all your success in Japan. And honestly, I really enjoy what you guys do over there. And you and uh, Harry do a great job. And I may be the only guy uh, that'll tell you this, but I used to kick ass with you when you were on the WWE video game. I'm telling you, people couldn't stop me. I, well, that was a hard if, ass. With if it had been, if it had done, but if it had been done right, that's how it would have been in real life too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. But Lance, thank you for coming on, and again, you're welcome back anytime. And best of luck over in Japan on your next tour, and enjoy yourself. And anytime you want to come on, sir, you are welcome. Thank you again. Thank you very much, guys. You guys have a good night. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. Well, look at you, Nate Bush. Well, here I am. Look at uh, What did I do? Just (laughs) sneaking out a really cool dude that I had never really talked to before other than a little Twitter interaction years ago, but pretty damn good, good dude. Yeah, seems like a great guy, and... For those of you tuning in for basketball, oh, trust me, do we have basketball on board for you tonight. But we wanted to go ahead and talk to a guy who had a little bit of basketball experience. And we're wrestling fans here. Why try to hide it, you know? <laughs> but we are a basketball well, I mean, podcast. Go ahead, TR. Our, our audience is kind of crossover anyway uh, as we're growing. Yeah. The feedback we get is, uh, you know, mostly – basketball oriented but there's always a hint of they love the wrestlers so you know we're just trying to keep everybody happy and let us know what you think but uh you know we'll, we'll tell me a show do... where you're going to hear basketball analysis where you going to tell me a show where you're going to hear great basketball analysis crossed over with some wrestle talk and wrestling just guys from the business and Lance Hoy great guy killer elite squad if you haven't watched the killer elite squad they are monsters in Japan uh, they kind of remind me, T.R., the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, the way they just run through people. They are just beasts over there. Well, we know Davies, uh, or Harry, Davy Jr. We know about yeah. him. He's 
he's a killer. Everybody that works out with him, from Josh Barnett to Daniel Gracie to everybody else, says that he's just a beast. That, like as as did Lance just now about when he got up the next day after drinking all night and was getting beat up by Sayama. So, um, <clears throat> and you add Lance into that mix, who I'm sure is no pushover because I mean even teaming no. with Kid Cash, Kid Cash is a boxer or MMA or both. Um, so he's he's always paired up with a badass, and you don't pair up uh, a, a can. What do they call that in boxing? Uh, tomato can with a uh, with a badass. Yeah, you you team up a badass with a badass. So um, definitely, that's pretty cool. And uh, you know, he was honest. I I, uh, I saw that he was a uh, ended up a college quarterback. Probably had a full ride. We didn't really get into that. So maybe next time. Um, maybe. I didn't know he was a pitcher, but he was honest that that his that his hoop stardom wasn't as much as I might have thought with his uh, with his height and so forth. But hey, man, it's all good. He's an honest dude, and we had a great time with him. So I'm happy you booked him, brother. Hey, I do what I can. Um, but yeah, telling us he just he just wanted the letter and he he used it to stay in shape and the training and the cardio and the conditioning. So, but thanks, Lance, again for coming on. I just messaged him and thanked him. Uh, great guy. But uh, we here at Wide Men Can't Jump, want to thank our sponsors, wowfreecam.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, wowfreecam.com is the number one choice for all things cam-related. And, TR, you definitely want to check them out, man. They are doing some really cool stuff over there on Wow Free Cam, if I say so myself. And if you're listening out there, check them out, wowfreecam.com, your favorite source for all the cam material you could ever want, check them out again. That website is wowfreecam.com. They've been with us from the beginning, and we want to thank them for helping bring you this show. So, TR, hey here we are. Hey, buddy, if I, Go ahead. big date, if, if I don't get this car situation straightened out, I might have to hit up our sponsor and ask for my own page with a big, beautiful man uh, <laughs> fetish. I mean, that's right. You know, I'm, Coming I'm, soon. I'm, I'm not Coming shy soon, to the TR Bear page. The TR yeah, Bear is that page. What I am a bear. Soon. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I scratch my back against the wall, so I think that's what they do, too. So You do that, yeah, too? I'm a bear. Yeah, man, you can't. You know, you you know, you're big. You can't reach that I'm shit. Start, I'm gonna start calling you Baloo on here. <laughs> but um, Tr, it's been a pretty successful week for your squad over in uh, Philly land. The Villanova Wildcats win the national championship, which we're gonna have a caller call in here in a little while. The man that won our bracket pool, Mr. Larry Dameron. He's going to call us and talk a little bit about his picks and how he was able to get the bracket pool win. So congrats to him. He'll be on here in about 10 minutes. Uh, But the 76ers are just on an emotional roll right now. They can't be stopped. Well, I mean, I haven't. Today's date, uh, you got to help me with dates. Today is April 4th, It is the 4th of April, sir, the 4th of April. Yeah, I mean, I don't like talking about current games while we may be listened to later on, but it's April 4th, and the last I checked, they were uh, beating a Pistons team uh, without Blake Griffin, granted, but at Detroit, uh, and we're without Joel Embiid and Dario Saric going for our 12th win in a row to, 
I mean, they're I up nineteen as we speak. As we speak, it's got to be third. Or, it's got to be third. Third quarter. quarter, right? Third quarter. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, you know, later we're going to. Uh, originally, I kind of leaned towards uh, destroying the process, ending the process. I think you're being more uh, fair, and 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 the final. Uh, what do you call it, a title in the second hour will be dissecting the process. And you did a lot of legwork that there's parts of it that I probably don't even know. And I, you know, I've been, (laughs) despite what people may think, I am a Sixers fan. I just am not a fan of where I see uh, ownership and upper management taking this team. Now, as far as the players and Brett Brown, to possibly, if they hold on to this lead, be 48 and 30, is unthinkable. Nobody picked that, and you know. Yeah, uh, and they have on, the possibility for fifty wins this season. If that goddamn big-headed ass Markel Fultz didn't uh, Bobo Brazil or missing link Joel Embiid, you know we got to worry <laughs> about that. But I mean, the other health issues that we were concerned with, big man, like shut my ass up because I didn't want to resign him. And he he messed around and got in shape, you know. So if this yeah. orbital bone doesn't, uh, you know, hold him back too long, we might get that five years out of the deal. I don't know. And he's certainly hey, a dominant player. I told you. I told you when you re-signed him it was a good signing. And you told me you weren't so sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, if I had a crystal ball and knew that he'd be a healthy man, which – Time did not reflect as far as big men with back, foot, et cetera, injuries. Uh, There was not one example at the time. So, I mean, I just went with history. And, you know, kudos to the the medical staff. I mean, I'm almost like Fonzie saying sorry when I say that. But (laughs) kudos, you know what I mean? It's hard for me to get those words out. But kudos to the medical staff. You know, I know X's and O's, and I know uh, a good player from a good player. I never disputed the man's talent. But to play that many games, he already played, you know, I said if he played 50 games that we'd be in the playoffs. And I, I think he's got at least 60. I mean, I, I'm not yeah, sure he, of the number. He played, but. he played a lot this season. Uh, more than we expected, they got him back into the um, playing in the back-to-backs quickly. So that really helped Philly out. Uh, before we get a call from our next guest, can I bitch for a minute? Can, can I bitch? Go ahead, man. Spit it out. Oh, my God. The fucking Wolves, dude. Jesus. They lost 121-97 to to the Jazz the other night on Easter. Um, and, God, oh my, what a horrible Easter basket gift that was for me. The Jazz shot 60% from the field. That's That's absurd. That should not happen on a Tom Thibodeau, on anybody's team. Anybody's team, that should not happen. Now, the Wolves did beat the Hawks last week, and Towns scored 56 points, which is a franchise record. Then they they go two days later, Towns has 21 points, 20 rebounds. They squeak a win out of Dallas, which they should win, but then they just get schlacked by the Jazz. Now, looking forward for the Wolves, they have the Nuggets tomorrow night. That's a huge game. That that might be it might be one of the biggest games of the year as the Nuggets are one game back of the Wolves, and oh. yeah, and one no, game no back. Jimmy Butler, uh, not yet. No Jimmy Butler. How, 
How about the Nuggets side? Do they have Gary Harris healthy again? Now that I'm not 100% on, but the tomorrow night Wolves-Nuggets on TNT, not one to be missed there. The Pelicans are playing tonight. If they win, I think they will hop the Wolves. They uh, they may, or they'll be tied with the Wolves if they win tonight over Memphis. Um, and they'll both be 19 games back, so that game's going to be huge tomorrow. Then after that, moving forward, the Wolves have a back-to-back. They play in L.A. against the Lakers. Then they go on Monday. They play the Grizzlies, who they didn't beat last time they played them. So no guarantees there. And then the last game of the season, next Wednesday, Denver again. So the Wolves have four games left in this season, and it's going to be a situation and a half. And you need all four. You need all four. If you win, you're in. You win four games, you're in. That And you're ranked higher than every team you're playing. Win the four games, secure your spot. So that, that's my only thing. Nuggets twice, Lakers, Grizzlies, win. Butler says he should be back soon. I don't know when. He's returned to full participation in practice. Uh, I don't know when he'll be back. I'm hoping soon. Because, God, we need him in a bad way. And you know what? The fan base for Minnesota is starting to tear. I'm turning into you. The fan base is just pissing me off. I get I get on these uh, Wolves Facebook pages, and everybody's calling for, you know, fire Tom Thibodeau, and why did we make the trade for Jimmy Butler? He's hurt. Why did we do this? We should have kept Levine and kept Mark. And listen, you dumb motherfuckers. Without Tom Thibodeau, we wouldn't be able – to even be in a fighting chance for a playoff spot. Jimmy Butler would be in, would be somewhere else. He would be playing great somewhere else. We'd have Wiggins, we'd have Towns, we'd have Markinen and Levine. There's no leadership there. You cannot win in the NBA without some form of veteran leadership. Jimmy Butler comes, that attracted Todd Gibson. That attracted guys like Jeff Teague. You know, I, now, do I agree with everything Tibbs does? No. I don't. But without Thibodeau there, we don't get Butler. Without Thibodeau there, we don't get the signing of Butler, which I hope we get in, uh, soon to re-sign him. And and, the, and these people are, are bitching. We haven't been this close to a playoff game in years. This is the best season we've had since 2013 and 14. And they're, and they're bitching. I've never seen anything yeah. like it. <laughs> you know, I, it sounds eerily familiar because you mentioned – it's like I was with the Sixers fans, and I'm I'm chilling out now because the end result, all of us like. But the end result with you, you got an unfortunate injury, so you got to tough it out. And that's when you see, and, I, you know, I don't see the, the, the groups you're in and you're speaking of, but you understand basketball from a business standpoint, from a, you know, from the whole picture. And yeah. these chat rooms and stuff are like the peanut gallery of just. I I, I hate to, talk, to to say it's where I'm talking down, but it's like if you're in school, you're doing what, what are you doing? Calculus. Yeah, I was doing some today. So calculus, physics, you, things you know, like that. You're doing calculus and physics. Could you see yourself going to, into a first grader's chat room and talking about seven plus eight? 
<laughs> it, I'm just giving you an analogy. And it's still math. Yeah. So it's still it NBA is. basketball talk, but you're on such a higher level of uh, intellectual level and searching for knowledge and, and, and putting yourself around people who have been students of the game, are involved in the NBA, are employees of the NBA, are players of the NBA. And it's kind of like it can get frustrating if you let it. If you, but then you got to yeah. sit back and realize these people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe they should. Maybe you should give them an invite to listen to us, and maybe some dopey ones will call, and uh, then we can make them look silly on the air and whatnot. But you know, that's yeah. uh, speaking we'll of. Get into this speak, later. But go ahead. Speaking of calls, we have a call, ladies and gentlemen. I present to you. The asshole that won the bracket pool of Wide Man Can't Jump. Ladies and gentlemen, my asshole friend, Larry Dameron. What's up, asshole? <laughs> That's quite an introduction. I'll take it. <laughs> what's up, man? <laughs> not what's happening, Big Larry? Uh, not a whole lot. Larry, this I, is uh, TR, my co-host on the show. He was in the bracket pool with us. Uh, oh, I, don't, I don't think that was me. <laughs> Shut up! I <laughs> was an imposter to you in that bracket. I didn't hear about it until after it was over, but I surely would have picked Villanova. Big Larry, let me ask you a question. Um, yes, you're down there, uh, Nate's way in West Virginia, right? Yep, Logan, West Virginia. I, I have a friend, Big Larry, uh, who occasionally listens to the show. I don't know if he's an every episode listener, but I said, "Ah, oh, my man, Big Larry's up top." He and I saw Nova. So I put I put it together. It's got to be my Philly brother. Did you just say the hell with this? I'm from West Virginia. West Virginia's a good team. We got Marshall in the tournament. We got some other good programs. I'm just going to pick the best. Was that was that your logic? That was pretty much it. I, I'm not one of these people that do several different brackets. And you know, oh, I'm doing this one with my head. I'm doing this one with my heart. Whatever. It's it's kind of like, I don't know if you ever, back in the day, listened to Mike and Mike. You know, they always did the sheet the of integrity. Of truth. Yes. Right. I'll, I, I do one and done. And that's I, that's the one bracket I did. And I just, I mean, Villanova was the, the number one scoring team in the nation. It was kind of hard to go against them. I mean, it, you know, W, I thought, had a chance. You know, my bracket be damned if they won. I'd been happy if. They did, but I just, you know, I just didn't see it. Well, nice, nice job, sir. And uh, the parade is on Thursday. And uh, if if you want to come up, we'll head down there tomorrow. <laughs> are you are, are you flying me up all expenses? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> That's what Nate Nate said. He got it. That's all I heard. Oh, oh wow! Is you, that yeah, my broke ass, my broke ass is gonna fly somebody somewhere. I can't even fly myself anywhere. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, Larry pulled off the win. He had the uh, how many? Uh, I'm actually trying to pull up your bracket right now. You defeated uh, our buddy Tim Dombrova's son by ten points to win the mm-hmm. whole thing. Uh, my buddy Josh actually finished in fifth. Uh, my buddy Caleb finished sixth. Uh, a lot of good, a lot of good ones here, but Larry wins it all. I'm uh, pulling up your bracket now, trying to take a look here. What you had? You had the final game correct. 
you had Villanova mm-hmm. and Michigan in the final game, which was that's a heck of a pick right there because I didn't see that coming. Um, no, I didn't right. Either. Who did you uh, – or did did you pick – yeah, you did. You had Michigan right. I, I agree. You had Arizona and Duke in the final four as well, which a lot of people uh, didn't see. Uh, DR had final four winning it all there. Uh, I'm trying to see what other potential upsets you may have. You had three of the final four right, so that helps. Um, right. Yeah, so there were some really well, good well, picks I here. Only had two, only only had two of the final four right. Should have been three. Duke had it. That was that one killed me. I thought I thought my bracket was oh, done yeah. because that that's what I was the whole time because I kind of you know how we all do you know in the beginning we'll pick we'll try to figure out the first upsets in the first rounds and whatever and oh yeah I that's what I kept saying all along. It's like well it's if my bracket plays out like I think it's going to you know these first rounds aren't going to matter you know blah 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 but. You know it, and I hated my bracket when I filled it out. I hated it. <laughs> I did. I but, hated yeah, mine too. So don't feel bad. <laughs> don't well, feel bad. You did call the lay old you, you have, over you Miami. Have re- you have reason to, right? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, really. You're, you're telling me. <laughs> and you wonder why I called you an asshole on the intro. <laughs> hey, you do know me, so there you go. I do. Hey, I, I do. I. The, I feel like the the biggest piece of shit because I agree everything with what you just said about Villanova and mm. you know obviously being in Philly I watched them closer than most and uh, being an Uber and Lyft driver I'm up there a lot driving around their students and whatnot and you know um, and I went ahead and picked Duke myself I picked Duke to beat Villanova mm. and I was watching that Kansas game and it was a hell of a game by the way. Um, yes. Duke in Kansas, but that damn Grayson Allen had his chance, and we had Jeff Jarrett on last week, and he had Duke with me as well, but Grayson Allen in and out at the buzzer, and an open look for two threes and whatnot, and then it just withered away, man. Well, I mean, how can you not pick Duke when they had the seniors, you know, Grayson Allen, they got the coach, they got potentially the first round, uh, first pick in the NBA draft and Bagley, I mean, how could you not? But, you know, was not meant to be. Yeah, there's there's a lot of – there was a lot of uh, Duke love out there for sure, and I was surprised that they went down to Kansas. You know, Larry, I don't know about you, but when it comes to picking in the tournament, I only pick – I rarely pick Big 12 teams to do well. The tournament has a history of really killing Big 12 teams based on – they're uh, officiating because every time – and you saw it in the Nova-West Virginia game. You saw how many fouls there were. And I'm not blaming the officials. You can't blame the officials for Nova beating West Virginia. Um, but you see Nova, you see uh, teams potentially in the past. Iowa State used to struggle in the first round. Uh, Texas struggled in the first round this year. Um but the Big 12 is normally known to choke in the NCAA tournament is what I'm getting at here. Um, even though I had West Virginia in the Final Four, I did. Um, fought with my heart a little more than my head, I suppose. But uh, do you do you agree with me that maybe the Big 12, the reason you kind of went against Kansas, other than it being Duke, do you think the Big 12 has a stigma against them in the tournament? Absolutely. Uh, and not necessarily officiating, it's just, you know, History shows it. I mean, what Kansas 
I think Kansas is the only Big 12 team in at least the past several years, and they've done it twice. And it's yeah. Kansas Kansas was a team that I did not think even at the beginning of the year. And I thought West Virginia was going to run away with that conference, and then they should you know, Yeah, and I kept thinking, you know, Devontae Graham's their best player, and that there's no way. And they just kept finding a way to win. And I yeah. actually took Kansas. I took Kansas further in the tournament than I wanted, and th- that was another main reason, other than what I just said about Duke, that I picked Duke to beat Kansas because I just I had no faith in Kansas whatsoever. But they they made it way, you know, they made it further than I thought they would. They overachieved hey, I got a, big time. I got a question for both y'all because. <clears throat> You know, I'm a homer or whatever, and a lot of talk, social media and just, you know, water cooler talk up here is about the potential of some players on Villanova and the next level. Now, Villanova traditionally, as we went through last week, you know, you go way back to Paul Arizon as a, you know, uh, all-timer and Kyle Lowry, but other than maybe Kerry Kittles with a cup of coffee and a few others, they're not. A, a producer of great NBA players. However, I think uh, this year, and I'm getting disagreed with a lot, that Brunson is not going to be a uh, superstar, I don't believe. I don't believe that Mikael Bridges will be a superstar. Um, but I do believe both will have a career in the NBA, and I, and I think the same about DiVincenzo hoping that will come back for one more year and then come out the following. But um, some people up here are saying that none of them have a shot, only one of them has a shot, some will play overseas, blah, 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 blah. What do you guys think from out of the Philadelphia bubble? Go ahead, Larry. Uh, well, uh, his name just – you just said his name and it just went right out of my head. Uh, the guard. Steven no, the other one, uh, Brunson. 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 I mean, he's got pedigree. His dad. His dad was in the NBA, but he, you know, he's kind of small. Right. Uh, I mean, he's not a bad player. I mean, you never know. And DiVincenzo, again, same. He, you know, he's kind of small, but you know, in the NBA, they don't play defense a whole lot. So you know, you make your shots, then. You never know. It, I'm kind of on the fence is what I'm trying to say. I hear you. I hearken this Villanova team to the Wisconsin team that upset Kentucky. Great team together, but not great individual players. Frank Kaminsky was the best player to come off that squad, and he plays in Charlotte and doesn't do a whole lot. Um so I think Villanova, you might get a couple guys. You might get Devin. I think Devincenzo has a chance to become a uh, a shooter, a guy that stands in the corner, comes off the bench, gives you 15 minutes a game, knocks down some threes. Uh, Brunson about the same. Uh, but I don't see anybody really coming out that blows really blows my skirt up and gets me excited about the uh, about the upcoming. There's another, draft. There's another sound bite. Yeah, there it is. Where, Blows where, my skirt up. I thought y'all. I thought you only wore those skirts on Saturday night. Shh, Larry. <laughs> Not where everybody can hear. 
<laughs> well, Larry, again, congratulations. TR, you got any more questions for Larry? We let him go. It's family night at the Dameron household, so you got to get back to those girls of yours. Uh-huh. Well, uh, just a, a hearty congratulations to pick uh, Michigan and Villanova in the final. is pretty damn smart of you. Um you can tell you you watch your hoops and and study your hoops. Brackets are the hardest thing, and to make they it are. even better, make it even better. You only picked one, as you said, so that's that's pretty damn damn good. So congratulations, Larry. I do Larry, I'll get it. with Thanks you tomorrow, much. sir. I got some wide men can't jump swag for you. I'll bring it by to you tomorrow. Um, just shoot me a message, man, and we'll get together. Thanks again for coming on. Congratulations, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll send those in the mail, so keep an eye out. If you don't get them, call the post office. Um, <laughs> but thanks right, again, Larry. Thanks for coming on. You did great. I'll bow to the winner. Spin doctors still rule. I don't care what you say. Everybody, I was waiting on that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on, man. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, thanks, guys. All right, buddy. Thanks, man. Well, there was our bracket pool winner, Mr. Larry Dameron. He is the winner of some time on the show with us and to share his picks, to share what he was thinking, talk a little ball with us, and he's getting some free stuff. So you can't beat that. And I lost to damn near everybody, so I showed my uh, right breast or left breast or something. Don't feel bad. The three wide men, the three experts, the guys that pick their brackets live on the air, none of them are in the top ten. So, if that explains oh, anything to you, yeah, we really nailed it this year. I tell you what, next well, year we though, act like we know what we're talking about. Hey, if we don't, hey, we've called more stuff right than what people give us credit for. Okay, but they're they're never going to put over what we do right. No way. They, of course not. Why would they do that? Why would they Haters ever tell us hate. what we do right? Let the haterade you know, flow, people, folks. People, when I when I touted T.J. McConnell at the beginning of the year, I, I had people saying he was the worst player ever. He's garbage. He's nothing. Blah 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 blah. Then he's a head head story on Sports Center as the first 76er to ever record a triple double from the bench. Boom. Yeah, there you go. Um, quickly before we get into what we're getting into. Ben Simmons, T.R., I don't know if you saw this, uh, only the second rookie in history to get 1,200 points, 600 rebounds, and 600 assists. You know who the other rookie was that got that? Yep, the big O. The big O, Oscar Robertson. Robertson. So there's that for you. Also, um, here's a quick little thing I picked up offline. Uh, The Raptors posted a defensive rating against offenses ranked in the top 10 uh, compared to approximately 99.6% of all other teams. Um, In other words, they get beaten up by great offenses and return the favor against the average and bad ones. According to John, John Shaman, DeRozan in particular leaves his teammates out to dry with either poor effort or plain bad positioning. So there's some Raptors hate out there right now, even though they are the one seed, but they have struggled over the past few games. Lost to Cleveland. They're playing Boston tonight, if I'm they not mistaken. Boston, uh, the game before Cleveland, I believe, too, or maybe two games yeah, before. Yeah, they are currently leading Boston by 12 in Toronto. So 
keep your eyes on that one. Of course, right that's as of right now. Looks like the Sixers TR are going to cruise to a win. Um, but it's the second hour of the show, and we are. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? It's. Are I you think ready it's for time. this? Actually, by the way, speaking of things that we, <laughs> speaking of things we get right that nobody else saw coming. Remember a couple weeks ago when the uh, when we talked about uh, what would you give up for Kawhi Leonard if you're Minnesota? Uh, reported. Uh, from what I read online, there's a rumor mill going around that Kawhi Leonard could be coming to Minnesota. Not saying we called it here, but uh, you know we where you heard it first. We we did. We called that. Not saying it'll then, happen, but you know. And then I I uh, hesitantly said, just speculation. Just we, speculation. we don't know anything and here. I think they're listening. I think the NBA's listening. <laughs> they better be. All right, here we go. Here we go, TR. It is time to dissect the process. So, TR, sir, are you ready to dissect the process? Well, you know, I'm not a fan. Um, We did not, other than you telling me you're going to do the uh, paperwork and figure out every little nook and cranny of this uh, preposterous thing. I've got it broken down, sir. So I uh, my reactions if if they're uh, positive will be positive and if they're negative they'll be pretty downright negative. Um, we'll see. All right. At the end of what you go through, uh, if if this forty eight and thirty team <clears throat> is a product of that disgusting losing, etc. I'll let you. I'll get into all that later, but. Go ahead. Just a faucet. Oh, that guy. <laughs> the only thing I can hold again. All right. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. The Sam Hinky era began in Philadelphia on May 14, 2013. That was when Sam Hinky took over. On draft night, Michael Carter Williams was sur- was selected with the first round pick. At pick 11, they also selected Glenn Rice in the second round and Pierre Jackson in the second round of the draft. Now, Glenn Rice was traded to the Wizards for Arsalan Kazemi and Nate Walters. You should be a, um, they tr- I'm, not, I'm not being a nitpicker, but you should be, uh, in case people are half listening, it's not that yes. Glenn Rice, it's his kid. But Glenn, Yeah, Glenn Rice's son. And they traded Ricky Ladeo to the Dallas Mavericks for a second-round pick, which was, turned out later to be Russ Smith. Then the same night, as they acquired Nate Walters, they traded him to the Bucks for Ricky Ladejanero and a second-round pick, which ended up being Nemanja Dungubrik was later selected. So they made trades to get players. Basically, they were trading players to get draft picks there. So... Basically, the only player they ended up with in that entire process there was Michael Carter-Williams, and they acquired multiple draft picks. All right. Next thing, Drew Holiday and Pierre – Drew Holiday, Pierre Jackson are traded to the Pelicans for Nerland's Noel and a 2014 first-round draft pick that later turned out to be Alfred Payton. We'll get to that draft coming up. They traded a second-round draft pick to the Rockets 
for Firkin Almir and Royce White and Cash, and it was top 55 protected, so they never got it. James Anderson that was signed as a free agent. Tim Alterbright was signed as a free agent. Then, August 14th, this is a big one, Brett Brown was hired as the head coach. You with me so far, T.R.? Yeah, and that, that helps a little because uh, Brown, uh, guilt by association, was part of this a word that I don't want to say. Um, <coughs> but the, the man that they lo- they laud, loud, whatever that word is, laud, I guess, is uh, yeah. scam, scam Stinky, who's not even my age. He's like a 41-year-old or something nerd at the time in his 30s who didn't even watch a basketball game. I mean, I'm sure he watched a basketball game. I'm, I'm being a little bit exaggerated here. But he crunched numbers based on the success of, you know, the movie Moneyball, but the actual Oakland A's when they actually did that. But baseball is yeah. a different animal than basketball. Yeah, so and Billy Bean Brown and all those on, guys. Yeah, when Brett Brown came on, at least they had a guy who had basketball knowledge at this point. All right. All right, here we go. 2013 still in August. They traded a second-round draft pick to the Grizzlies to acquire Tony Roten. So there you go. Tony Roten. What is he famous for, Mr. Nate Bush? He came up with the phrase, trust the process. Yep, nobody uh, seems to mention that. They just say it and put it on banners and hashtags. And Yet Tony Roten, who's now God knows where, he could score. That's about it. Glorified street baller. Nice guy, I'm sure. Yeah. But he ain't exactly lighting up the NBA right now. And he is the one who said, and I quote, and I thank Tim Dombrova for finding this out so I could fucking throw Yeah, Tim Dombrova found this out. Keep your hat Trust to him. The process. Well, continuing the process, Hollis Thompson was signed to a multiple-year contract, as well as Solomon Alby and Mac. Colshwall, all both, Man. all three signed as a free agent. Weren't they the top three uh, MVP votes behind Russell Westbrook last year? They were close. <laughs> they came in very close. Okay, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's so many names on this that I just don't know or recognize. <laughs> and you're an so NBA freak. Names. Where you're a freak. Where you where you go down rosters like to the fifteenth guy, and even though those two-way yeah. contract guys. Like, you know names, and these guys are puzzling you. Yeah, they are. Uh, then on October 5th, Ganey Law was signed as a free agent. Then October 16th, Daniel Orton was signed as a free agent. I thought he was a football player. <laughs> I thought, I he, thought was he was a pro wrestler. That <laughs> <laughs> shows what we know. So we got Kyle ben Orton, Brand- Randy Orton, but the Sixers got the wrong one. Yeah. Brandon Davies was signed as a free agent. Then in November, Elliot Williams was signed as a free agent. Now, here's a name I recognize. Uh, okay. Lorenzo Ball, or Lorenzo Brown. <coughs> Lorenzo Brown was signed as a I almost fucked that up. Lorenzo Brown was signed as a free agent. You remember him? Um, it, was he in New Edition and married Whitney Houston? <laughs> <laughs> it's my prerogative. Bobby Brown. 
That's right. Hot soul. <laughs> dick, dick, dance. That's about how well he played basketball. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Dwayne Dadman was signed to a couple uh, 10-day contracts, but he never really stuck around in Philly. And that's a shame because he actually turned out to be a hell of a player. That's the guy they let go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, and that's part of the story, too. The only the – only, the only uh, it seemed on purpose, which is – we'll lead into next season, and I'm skipping ahead, but I won't. Uh, I'll just tease. Next season with the uh, this ownership group trying to move the team out of the city. But you fans don't see that, and you won't believe me until it happens, and then you won't give me a Nate credit for telling you. But I'll be truthful. We never I, get I did credit hear for that. We say we never get I, credit for it, and we do so well. Yeah, next year they'll be like, I never heard they were moving. But anyway, trying to move. They're trying to get a new stadium. They just put up a bust of Dr. J at the practice facility in Camden, um, which eerily resembles Lionel Richie's head in the hello video. But <laughs> anyway, you know, they put it. In, they didn't put did it outside the stadium because. <clears throat> yeah, they they put it outside the the practice facility because. These owners want to flip the team, and they want, which I shall give credit to Spike Eskin, because I didn't even think that they were this sleazy, that they're going to hold up the city next year with maybe a free agent. But I think even they're surprised how far along they've came, because I sure am. Uh, but I'll let you continue. I'm going off tangent, and that'll be the surmise. Well, you got to remember, whatever. Dr. J, like Lionel Richie, basketball to him was easy like Sunday morning. <laughs> And and if I if I ask you a question because of your tender age of twenty eight, um, yeah, what do what does the name Jesus Shuttleworth mean to you? Not a damn thing. <laughs> well, that was Julius Irving's star role in the movie The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. So look that really? up on like Netflix. Look that up on like Netflix or something. And I, you know what? Check that out. I hope I hope I'm saying that right because he there's two guys and there's another basketball movie but I'm if I'm wrong somebody will correct me in that in that regard um, but I'm pretty sure that that was Dr J Jesus Shuttleworth I'm thinking Moses Shuttleworth I don't freaking know now now I'm confusing myself but Fish to Save Pittsburgh Julie Serving star very cool movie when I was a kid we got a, a quick uh, Italian update from Mr Tim Dombrova. Fidelte del Processo. You know what that uh, means? Yeah. Fuck no. <laughs> oh, I don't even want. I don't even want to know what it means. Okay. Because I know what it means. I don't know what it means, but I know what he's saying. It's gonna mean. <laughs> that was so confusing just now. <laughs> he, it it, it's, it probably here. means. It probably means that stupid phrase that's got to go away in Italian. Correct. Well, yes. Trade deadline came up in 2014. Part of the three-team trade, the 76ers trade a second-round draft pick to the Wizards. The Nuggets trade a second-round draft pick to the Sixers, who ended up being David Munchilla or Minchilu. I I can't pronounce that name at all. Nuggets trade Andre Miller to the – yeah. Nuggets traded Andre Miller to the Wizards. The Wizards then traded Jan Veasley to the Nuggets, and the Wizards traded Eric Maynard in a second-round draft pick, which ended up being Arturis Gadalis 
to the 76ers. So the Sixers out of that trade get draft picks and Eric Maynard, who I believe they cut almost immediately or to retrade. Yeah. So here's some Yeah, they, here's pretty, some more they pretty much got rid of anybody who had any value. And then, well, here's and some then, more the, then the the tagline which you're which you're actually alluding to legitimately is that they got yes. quote unquote assets. But go ahead. Assets. Yes. Now the next trade here on trade deadline day, Spencer Halls was traded to the Cavaliers for Earl Clark, Henry Sims, and a draft pick, which ended up being Jeremy Grant, and a two thousand fourteen second round pick, which ended up being Vasily Michich. So there's that. Yeah, Jeremy uh, so Grant used to rock down to Electric Avenue. <laughs> then they traded Lavoy Allen and Evan Turner to the Pacers for Danny Granger and a second-round pick, which ended up being Luka Mitrovich. And then they traded a future second-round pick to the Clippers for Byron Mullins. So there was the trade deadline for Philly that year. They got Danny Granger, it- but he was gone quickly. I'm not yeah, mistaken. they they got them. They got those kind of guys right out, just uh, because yeah. the 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 ownership said, "I don't want to pay anybody." These idiotic fans, uh, if we give a, you know we give them a bunch of bullshit and say we're winless for Wiggins, uh, they'll pay tickets, they'll fill up the building, so we'll make money and we won't spend any. So go ahead. Yes, uh, Jarvis Var Varnado was signed to a contract for the rest of the year. Darius Johnson Odom was signed to a 10-day contract. That's a name that I recognize. Uh, but he was only signed to a 10-day contract, and I guess they realized he could play, and that was it for him. James Nunnally was signed to a 10-day contract, as was Casper Ware and Adonis Thomas. None of those really panned out. All right, here we are. So I like that name, at least. That's a wrestler's name. It really is. If I ever get into pro wrestling, I may have to do that one. But here we go. Here's some trades. Joel Embiid was selected with the third pick in the first round, and they also had the first the um, the tenth pick in the first round, where they selected Alfred Payton. In the second round, they selected KJ McDaniel's, Jeremy Grant, Russ Smith, Vasil Micic, Nemanja Dungbunic in that draft. Now that same night. They trade Alfred Payton to the Magic for Dario Saric and a second-round draft pick, which they got Willie Hernan Gomez, and a 2017 first-round draft pick, which ended up being De'Aaron Fox. So, you know, T.R., maybe I'm stupid here, but it looks like they took Alfred Payton, traded him to Orlando, and they got Saric for basically... They really just wanted to draft picks. That's what I'm seeing here. And they lucked out, and Sarge has turned out to be a pretty decent asset. Well, they got <clears> – this is the key to where all the dummies argue. Oh, man, in that draft, we got Dario and Embiid. Well, revisionist history, revisionist historians. What they did in the off season was hype everybody up and some will claim a fan started it. But a damn fan didn't keep posting it on their fucking hashtags. Winless for Wiggins. Fans did, but so I did remember the fucking that. organization. And they that. wanted Andrew Wiggins with uh, this genius scam stinky and his dark room where no GMs would even speak to that idiot. He's not been hired since. 
They wanted Andrew Wiggins. Fact. Embiid, at that point, came from Cameroon and had, at Kansas and at high school, maybe a combined 20 games, and I might be giving them extra. He was injured with 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 Greg Oden like injuries. But some NBA insiders said if he's healthy, he's got the upside to be the number one pick, even over Wiggins. Yeah. So he he really did. But, but some were arguing that that Wiggins was the consensus number one. I was not one of those people. I did not uh want to take a chance on a hurt big man and be the Greg Oden of that draft. But it did turn out. So there's one little piece of dumb. A hurt big man dumb... seemed right up that. A hurt big man seemed right up their alley. Yeah, we just got done with buying them and whatever the fuck else we could screw up. Yeah. So bowling bond. You know. Yeah, Jabari Parker was number two, and we yep. fell with all those ping pong balls that everybody says was so great to have. It did turn out positive that particular draft by dumb fucking luck. <laughs> Every blind squirrel finds Dario Sarch was playing in Turkey, signed as a professional, making money, did not tell the Sixers, did not tell anybody for quite a while. It was uh, They were of the impression that Sarge wouldn't even be here as we speak when they drafted him. It was more yeah. hinky bullshit, analytics, build more exactly. But Dario flipped the script, said, I want to play in America. And damn if he ain't a good player. So we got two bona fide good, good players. We got, uh, you got two one good superstar players out of that draft. One superstar and one very good NBA player. You got two good players out of that draft. Hernan Gomez you get in another draft. He's not bad. Um, and you got a, a first-round pick out of it. So, not bad. Plus, now, uh, that same night, Nemanja Dembele. I, I have to talk during because I'll forget. Meanwhile, you go down there and you pay for parking. And you pay for tickets. And the rest yeah. of the NBA is like, what the fuck is going on with this idiot and this team and this franchise and these owners? And there's a growing frustration at what they're doing. And they're charging people to watch a bad product. Continue. Nemanja Dangbuik was traded to the Spurs for Jordan McRae. So nothing there. Pierre Jackson was signed. Ronald Roberts was also signed. Uh, Here's another big trade that happened. Uh, This was the three-team trade that I was really hyped for. Thaddeus Young was traded to from Philly. To the Wolves, the Cavaliers traded Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, and a trade exemption to the Wolves. The Cavs traded a first-round draft pick, which ended up being Mr. TLC himself, to the Sixers. That's Timothy Lalu Cabare. And the Wolves gave Kevin Love to Cleveland. The Minnesota Wolves also sent to Philly Luke Rashad Umbamute and Alexi Shved. Uh, if you remember Alexi Shved, your name is Nate Bush. Everyone else, I think, has forgotten about him. Yeah. So there was a big trade there. Ba'amute now, 
they got uh, what he spent seven months here or something. They got rid of him as soon as they could. And now he's on a potential championship team. And he's a great, he's a good player. Don't ever let anybody say he's not a good player. That dude is a defensive monster in the league. Um, they didn't want that here. though because they'd have had to pay him eventually. Yeah, Philly traded a trade exemption and a second round draft pick to Oklahoma for Hashim Thabit and cash. And the Thunder's acquired second round pick was protected, and they didn't even get it. And then August twenty sixth, two thousand fourteen. Now this is uh, three months after drafting him. Joel Embiid signed a multi-year deal. I'm assuming that's his rookie contract. Signs his mm-hmm. multiple-year contract. Uh, Jakar Sampson was signed. Then they made a trade, a second-round draft pick to Cleveland for Keith Bogans and a 2018 second-round draft pick. Again, the 2015 dra- second-round pick was protected, and Philly did not lose it. Uh, Jeremy Grant was signed. K.J. McDaniels was signed. Then here's some guys they signed to multi-year contracts. Drew Gordon and Malcolm Lee, both signed to multi-year contracts. Uh, a couple real now, ballers there, T.R. Now, that's, you said Eric Gordon, right? <laughs> no, Drew Gordon. Oh, Drew Gordon. I thought you meant yes. Eric Gordon, who could have helped the team. Drew no, Gordon. they signed okay. Drew Gordon to a multiple-year deal. 2014, they traded Casper Ware to the Nets for Marcus Teague and a 2019 second-round pick. Let me tell you this. Philadelphia owned the second round for about four years. <laughs> they had almost every second-round pick. And, you know, here's the thing. How many good players come out of the second round? Chandler Parsons came out of the second round. Um, Isaiah Thomas has come out of the second round. But most second-round picks don't really materialize that much. Probably an average of maybe – Two players a year are uh, that. beneficial. They have a lot, a lot of picks. Uh, they sound they signed Malcolm Thomas to a multi year contract, and then they traded Arnett Moultrie to the Knicks for Travis. Oh man, here's a name I haven't heard in a while: Travis Outlaw, and a 2019 <laughs> second round pick. Man, Travis Outlaw, that's a that's a blast right there. That's a Tim McGraw now here's, song, isn't it? Well, I'm a Travis outlaw. <laughs> Half Cherokee and Hinky drafted May. <sighs> <laughs> I hate you, but that was great. <laughs> they signed Robert Covington. There you go. Robert Covington was brought in, um, and they signed. I believe that is again who okay, they again yeah, who they thought who they thought was just another piece of shit to grab and go and stash and all that shit and whatever the saying is they, you know they had no idea Robert Covington would be a diamond in the rough they had no they just thought yeah. he was another one of those 30 names you just rattled off uh they then traded Brandon Davies in December to the Nets for Jorge Gutierrez and Andre Karolinko and a 2020 second round draft pick the Nets AK-47, also had, baby, now we're talking. I love AK-47, okay? I love Andre Karolinko. I will always love him. <laughs> I, I loved his game in Utah. He played for the Wolves for a while. I loved him. He is one of my favorite players that I just I just loved his game. Yeah, well, he didn't get guys. much playing time here. I know that. 
Uh, Nets also were able to get the rights to swap second-round picks in 2018 with Philly, who had acquired a selection from Cleveland. So uh, they then signed Ronald Roberts to a contract and Ferdkin Aldmere to a multi-year contract. Guys that are just tearing it up right now. Yeah. (laughs) All right, here's another Uh, trade. Reading, reading this, can you imagine? Can you imagine trying to go to one of these games? It's a, it's a glorified G League game of what was left in, in the roster, in the active roster. I feel so, sorry for the guy that had to sit down and, and figure this out, aka me. No, I'm kidding. There's a, there's yeah, a website that too. breaks all this down, and, and bless them for it. Uh, Three team trade coming up. Alexi Shved was traded to the Rockets. The Rockets traded Tony or Truly Daniels. Cash and a second-round pick, uh, which would be Rakeem Christmas. I remember him, Syracuse player. Um, And a 2016 second-round pick to the Wolves. The Rockets traded Sergey Lishik and a 2015 second-round draft pick, which would be J.P. Toko to the 76ers. The Wolves traded Corey Brewer to the Rockets and traded Ronnie Turioff to the 76ers. Uh, there we go. So there's Ronnie Turioff. Boy, there's a blast. <laughs> hey, Ronnie Turioff, you're welcome on the show anytime. Yeah, sure. Uh, I need to see Sergey Lauschik was then traded to the Los Angeles Clippers for Cynic Acol and Jared Cunningham. And the Clippers also sent cash. In every trade they've made, TR. They've mm-hmm. moved assets that nobody knows and have acquired right. a slew of second-round draft picks and cash. It's almost like they're just sitting there going, eh, what the hell, we've got all these picks. that Somebody will turn into something, right? <laughs> right. Bingo. All right. Uh, Larry and Drew was signed a contract. How, r- Roughly how many names have you given me? 30, 35? Oh my God. I couldn't even I couldn't even begin to tell you how many names have been moved. And uh, we found a lot. Three, three players that none of, none of them were, were home runs by any means um, when they picked them. One was hurt, one was in Turkey, and one was a G League player in uh, Covington. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Tim Frazier and Larry Drew were both signed to 10-day contracts. Um Three-team trade here. Michael Carter-Williams is sent to the Bucks, which was baffling to me at the time. The Bucks then traded Brandon Knight, Kendall Marshall to the Phoenix Suns. The Suns gave Tyler Ennis and Miles Plumley to the Bucks. The Suns traded a 2018 first-round pick to the Sixers. Uh, so they'll get that, I believe, uh, this year, if I'm not mistaken. Philly's first-round pick where received. I don't even know if they have that. They may have. Uh, Philly's first-round <coughs> pick received from... Phoenix is L.A.'s. Uh, they traded it to L.A. It's top five protected in 2015, top three protected in 2017, 2018, and will become unprotected in 2018. Uh, they traded K.J. McDaniels to Houston for Isaiah Cannon and a second-round draft pick, which ended up being Rashawn. Oh, I, remember, I remember local D, local sports talk guy Mike Missanelli talking to Sam Hinkie. Hinkie wouldn't go on the other station because they'd crush him, but – Miss Elliott yeah. was uh, was talking to him, and he, uh, you know, KJ McDaniel's was actually our leading scorer. If yeah. he's still in Houston, God bless him. Uh, played at North Carolina State, 
decent player. player. Uh, you know, if he's still if he's still in the NBA, cool. But God forbid when he started showing signs of of doing anything, get him the fuck out of here. Gone. And then he's he's, Gone. he's on the he's on the uh, uh, radio with uh, Mike Missinelli, and that's all he trusted because Mike wouldn't crush him. He said, "I see what you're doing. I see what you're saying." And he's like, "Well, did you ever hear the potential of an I say a cannon?" Like, and I'm sitting there in my car and I'm just laughing. I'm like, I'm like, dude, we all know you. You don't know anything about basketball. Everybody, even the believers, know that. You just sit there with your numbers and your computer and your shit in your dark ass basement, and you know you don't know nothing. And and you're touting Isaiah Cannon like he's fucking LeBron James. He he literally talked that glowingly about that trade. But go ahead. I, I just remember things as you say them. KJ McDaniel's is in the G League now. So okay. But he had a he had a, he had a good run there. He but he was sitting into the G League. He's a part of the Rockets organization. Last I heard, um, Sinink Alkul and Cash was sent to the Denver Nuggets for holy shit, what a name. Uh, Man, bear with me on this one. Chuck Wu. Okay, never heard of this guy, so fuck him. Uh, Chuck for this guy and Chuck. I'm gonna try this. Chuck Wooderbury, Madunum Bumba. I don't know. Weird name. Javale McGee and a six and a 2016 first round pick, which ended up being Furkan Korkmaz. He's still with the club and possibly. Possibly will do something. Possibly. Possibly. All right, here but we JaVale go. JaVale McGee. Let's go back to JaVale. Let's go back to JaVale. Yeah. Okay. Uh, got rings. He did. At least one. Good player. Maybe two. Good rim protector. Maybe not the smartest uh, guy, but good rim protector. He was here. Never got in the games because, quite frankly, they didn't want to give anything. And if he did anything, they didn't want to pay him. Plain and simple. Rent a player. Well, now put him in. <laughs> boom. Get rid of him and then now he plays we, well somewhere else. Now we get to the 2015 draft, Mr. Robinson. Jalil Okafor is taken with the third pick. Willie Hernan Gomez was taken in the second round. Rashawn Holmes in the second round. Arturus Gadadas in the second round. J.P. Totoko, Luka Mitrovic, all in the second round. Um, they traded a 2015 second-round pick, which ended up being Willie Hernan Gomez, to the Knicks for a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 second-round pick. And Hernan Gomez is a good player. Well, Sam, you know, Sam Hagee wanted those second-round studs, as you pointed out. They're never any good. Yeah, but I, I anyhow, Hernan Gomez uh, you mentioned- was one of the second-round picks that was pretty good. You mentioned a name somewhere in there that, that, that has some kind of weight. I forget who. You just rattled off seven, so there was one that stuck Rashad out. Rashad Holmes? He's still with the team, backup center, barely getting any minutes with uh, Amir Johnson being the primary backup to Joel. Yeah. But there was one more name? before that, I think. Uh, Hernan Hernan Gomez, Jaleel Okafor. Oh, Artur- no, That's yeah. the big Jaleel. Yeah. Now – uh, we had third with all those ping pong balls, and that's what everybody points to. All those ping pong balls that Hinky got us. Well, we didn't get fucking number one. 
We got number three. You didn't get towns. <laughs> we got three, 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 three. Fuck, if we put on a, a half-decent product for the fans, we still could have gotten the fucking lottery and got three. So when you're dealing with a lottery, you're dealing with luck. And we got number three in a year where your boy, Carl Anthony Towns, went one. Um, refresh my memory. Who went second? D'Angelo Russell went two. Wasn't a very good pick. Uh, Lakers? No, he's on the Lakers. He's on yeah. the Nets. No, where, no, 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 no. He, he took it. The Lakers took it. The Lakers took him, and he's in Brooklyn now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, can't, can't. Uh, so that's two teams that fucked up so far. I mean, one fucked, not counting the Sixers. Me coming off a national championship, I was optimistic. I was saying, Brett Brown's here now. He has knowledge of basketball. At least maybe well, he'll flex his muscles and put some influence into this draft and take the goddamn Jaleel Okafor, which they did. Then the pick after got booed. Phil Jackson, yeah, all-knowing, picked one. Who did he pick? Yeah. Um, what is it? The pick after What's Jaleel? the name of the gentleman that he picked? Who, who did uh, Phil New Jackson York? pick? Oh, Chris Stapps, poor Zingas. Damn, that would have been really bad for us, wouldn't it? Oh, hey, I got a few other names here that you would have probably just hated. Uh, here's some other notable names from this draft that were taken after Jaleel Okafor. Um, Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, <laughs> Better Miles than Okafor. Turner. Better than Miles Okafor. Turner. Devin Booker. Better than Okafor. Way better than Okafor. See. see if there's any other. Bobby Portis. Tyus uh, Jones. Good fighter. <laughs> True. Tyus Jones was taken. Larry Nance Jr. was taken. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a few here that you could very much make an argument for. Marcus Thornton was in the second round. He was a good shooter. Uh, but, yeah, those were some of the picks in that draft. Uh, but let's get back to dissecting the process here. That was yeah. that. Just uh, I just wanted to point draft. out that, that that mainly we could have had poor Zingas had uh, yeah, anybody have. stepped up to the plate. Or, hell, Devin Booker would have been nice. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but, he, you know, we needed a scorer and – yeah, I didn't I think Devin that. Booker over I, – I mean, I'll, I'll freely admit I thought Okafor was finally going to be a pick that I agreed with this fucking bumbling idiot. You but know, go ahead. Okafor, the, the the big argument was because uh, everybody knew L.A. was going to go with a uh, uh, a guard. And they I, I don't know if they assumed it would be Russell, but everybody assumed that they would go with a guard. Minnesota's big thing was, who do you take, Towns or Okafor? And I'm begging for Towns. Like, I'm screaming at my TV, take Towns. And they did. And a lot of people were saying, I don't know. I think I'd rather have Okafor. Well, who's right now, dumbasses? So there's that. Uh, and also, on. also also, what should be pointed out, if you include Holmes in that draft, three straight yeah. years we picked four straight centers. Yeah, a lot of centers. Makes a lot of sense. Lot of- no, it don't. It really doesn't. Um, Arturus, and this was moving on here in 2015, Arturus Godadas, Luka Mitrovic, and a 2017 first-round pick, which ended up being De'Aaron Fox, were sent to the Kings for Carl Landry, Jason Thompson, and your favorite, Nick 
Stauskas. A 2017 first-round draft pick, which was Jason Tatum, and a 2019 first-round draft pick, which the 76ers exercised the right to swap picks in the 2017 draft, taking number three overall pick and sending back the number five. I hope people are taking into account that are listening the names that you said went elsewhere, such as Jason Tatum and De'Aaron Fox, et cetera. But, yeah. Okay. And that that's not uh, just like missed picks. That's they sent them there. Yeah, they did. Uh so. let's see here. Couple guys signed to contracts, Pierre Jackson again and Scotty Will Birkin signed to multiple year contracts. Jason Thompson was traded to the Warriors for Gerald Wallace. And Philly also gets the rights to swap Miami or OKC uh in twenty sixteen and a first-round pick for the Golden State first-round pick, and they signed Richon Holmes. So Holmes is still there. That's our, uh, that's our bench Kendall player. Marshall. Kendall Marshall was signed to a multiple-year deal. Christian Wood was signed to a multiple-year deal. Here's something you'll agree with. T.J. McConnell signed to a multiple-year contract. Now, as told on the J.J. Reddick podcast, Yes. T.J. McConnell had zero interest. One team besides the Sixers, who I don't even think he divulged, and invited to camp, played summer league. I liked him from Arizona. You know I've always been a T.J. guy. So yeah, I was yeah, glad to see him pop over. up on my summer league. And I said, you know, I hope they don't fuck with this kid because, you know – at the very least, he could help on the bench of this shit league, shit team, this G League team. And I believe he was the, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I believe he was the last one. He was called up. He told the story, you know, word for word. He was called up not knowing if he was ever going to play in America again. And Brett Brown said to him, in his words, the assistant coaches didn't want you, but I decided to keep you. Now, in the in the Sam Hinkie bullshit, he don't know who the fuck T.J. McConnell is. He just sees another fucking body. You know what I mean? That yeah. he doesn't have to pay. And Brett Brown saw a hustler and a player. Brett Brown is kind of caught in the middle of this bullshit. These owners and his bosses. He wants his job. He makes a handsome living. But he snuck one through the cracks there and got this undrafted little white kid. And... It took a while, but it, it paid off this season, and his, he's accepted his role now. And Good play, but completely dumb luck and by accident. So we got four players so far, and if you count Rashawn Holmes as a backup, he, he showed signs of life last season, but this year he's been kind of down. Uh, I root for him because he seems like a nice guy, but, I mean, Amir is clearly the second-string center. And that's a Colangelo guy, by the way, which we'll get into later. But yeah. so we got um, Covington, who they Covington, who they expected to just ship the fuck everywhere, like you know, like, like they did, they did with those million players, and McConnell. So they got two surprises there. They got a hurt center from Cameroon who played twenty games in his whole life. That's it. Yeah. And they got Dario, who claimed he wasn't coming over, depending on which interview you caught him on, and came over early. So you got four players on the current roster and, and Rashawn, I guess, so five, four of which have an impact 
from all those fucking people and all those years of suffering. Well, we got a couple more. We got a couple more here for Mr. Hinky. A um, couple more signings: Phil Presley, Jordan Rayley. They traded the 2016 second round draft pick, which would be David Minchuku, and a 20,000 2017 second round draft pick, which would be Frank Mason, to the Pelicans for Ish Smith and Denver's second round pick. Uh, Ish which Smith was, Denver's was another Tony. Pick. Ish Smith was another Tony Roten, probably still in the league, I believe. I think he's playing for Detroit uh, yeah, I believe tonight. He, I believe he plays in. He plays in Detroit, last I heard, I think. Now, don't hold me to that. Uh, but that was the last time I heard from him. He was in Detroit. Frank in Mason. Detroit, or he got... may have went... Yeah, Frank Mason, they traded. Uh, well, Kansas, they traded the pick Kansas. before. They traded the pick before the draft. So, yeah. they picked for the other team. But Kansas it ended up being player of the Mason. year. You know, one of, those, uh, one of those guys that's not an all-star, but is a valuable asset to any team. And they got rid of him. Uh, uh, January 4th, Elton Brand was signed. And finally, Christian Wood was signed to a contract for the rest of the year. And Sam Hinkie, that is his tenure, ladies and gentlemen, in the city of Philadelphia. They so. signed a retired Elton Brand to come in and just try to get these kids, like, because they, they suspected that, you know, Embiid. Um, was going to come back, and Okafor might get better, et cetera. So they signed this old-ass Elton Brand, who I have a ton of respect for, but not to be drafted as an active member at that point. And he's now uh, director of operations for our G League squad, the 87ers. Yeah, the Delaware but 87ers. Around, Which, by the this, way, by the way, before you move on, the Delaware 87ers, uh, our Delaware listenership is up. So, hey, Delaware, we love you. Thank you. Yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but so uh, forget all I said about Elton if it was negative, but it's actually not. I like the guy. I, a big fan when he came out. Nah, was number one overall draft pick. Um, he was a beast. But you said Hinky's run came to an end, but you didn't tell yep. how and why. You had. Uh, I don't know the story. You, know, you go ahead. You had, you had uh, Stephen A. Smith wrote for the Inquirer here which Keith Pompey, our friend, currently does. And he was all over this garbage. Howard Eskin, a very, uh, been a sports figure in this town uh, with, the, with the media for, I don't know, 40 years plus. Respected. Yeah. Kind of has fun with callers on talk radio, but respect. They were killing this organization for doing this, for doing this to us, the fans. Killing them. And some fans kept drinking a Kool-Aid, and then it would spread, and then it would spread because they kept getting the ping-pong balls. Well, the NBA finally, Greg Popovich went public, reaching out in, you know, in hope that he, a guy on his staff and a guy he loves, Brett Brown, wouldn't be put through this because it's never been done in the NBA before. A team losing on purpose, freely admitting it, and just yeah. dumping off anybody and anything that remotely resembled a basketball player to draft these quote-unquote assets for someday, you just got to be patient, to get, you know, salary cap room, this, that, and the other. By, by the grace of God and luck, down the line came two generational players, one of which they had no idea, because nobody did except that he had potential in Joel Embiid, 
a hurt big guy from Cameroon that was just fucking discovered within the last year before they took him third. They got Dario, who they didn't know was going to be here. And then later on, when they finally brought in Jerry Colangelo, Brian's father, who has respect, Adam Silver intervened. Um, I can't even, Rick Carlisle intervened. Anybody that had a voice said, this is fucking bullshit. You cannot do this to your fan base. And half the fan base, the dorks were saying, trust the process. So I don't know what the fuck they were smoking or if they were piping some shit in the air down there or something, but I was going to them games because I like T.J. McConnell. I even liked watching K.J. McDaniels for a little while. I realized he wasn't a superstar, but all we had was a G League team. So I like to see a guy with a little flair, a little potential. They didn't pay anybody. No, they didn't. Uh, Speaking of not paying anybody, ladies and gentlemen, it's background Josh Brown has made a run in. Yeah, background Josh Brown in the house. How's the Mavs? How's the Mavs doing? They just lost to the Magic tonight by five. (laughs) Well, you know, you go out there and you play 110%, you know, and you don't get the job done. It's time to hang it up. Oh, God. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That's ironic that that, that background Josh Brown. His team is the Mavericks, who've, who've the only, even though multiple teams are following this disgusting procedure called the process and tanking, but they're not doing it as overtly this year. But dot com yeah. millionaire, and, and, you know, he'll say anything. He doesn't mind paying whatever because he's got so much money. Sa- yeah. Said that remark about tanking and got fined 600000 And, you know, the Grizzlies, the Mavs, the Magic, you name it. There's about five, six, seven teams. And I hate to mention the Grizzlies because they showed up the one time they played you just to not make it look yeah, bad. Yeah, the bastards. They're getting but, smacked by the, the Pelicans tonight, of course. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they, but, they tank, they're they tanking. I mean, it's plain and simple. They are. And they are. It's disgusting. So in comes Jerry Colangelo, who hires his son, which is always fucking skeptical. Jerry Always. gets out of town because he's an old man, but he's a he's a credible, yeah. respectable man. But much like happens with nepotism in every business, the main guy, the old guy, the father or the grandfather, whoever the case may be, in any business, is the man that made it, man that made their last name mean something. Then they have the spoiled rich kid who comes in and gave him the position. Hinky was bothered that he was – he was demoted for all intents and purposes, but they say he was uh, he was in the same position, but so was, you know, Jerry and Brian or whoever, whatever the, the date or month it was. I don't really recall. I was just happy that he fucking resigned. said a 13-page something or other that you can find online uh, defending himself. He was just garbage. But uh, Joshua Harris, David, some other fucking guy, his main – Partner. He's got a partnership group that owns the Devils, as we've covered before. They're just business. They don't give a fuck. And they lucked up. They got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Because two generational players happened to come out within a six-year period or seven-year period. And now they are on the upswing. And the bulk of their lineup, Colangelo's been a company man, too. He's been doing some shady shit. 
and basically is a yes man for those idiots too. But at least he has an eye test where he can work with Brett Brown and yeah. get players. So uh, if if hypothetically, wanna... let me let, let me just say this real quick. Go ahead. If hypothetically, Go ahead. Sam Hankey was in the position instead of Colangelo, his analytics because I watched Ben Simmons at LSU and Ben Simmons didn't play hard at LSU. We all know that. No, he did not. His analytics system would have given the Sixers Brandon Ingram with the number one pick because Brandon Ingram had better numbers if you're in a fucking basement not watching the games and crunching numbers. We would have had Brandon Ingram and not Ben Simmons with our first number one overall after all these years getting three, 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 second round, second round, second round, second round, three. Bullshit. We had a first number one overall with Colangelo. He took the right guy. And then last year he took the wrong guy, but it didn't hurt so far. So we'll see. Well, um, do you want to look at Colangelo real quick? We got a little time. Uh, sure. Uh, ben Simmons was taken, along with Timothy Luawa. Luawa, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Cabaret. Luawa. Uh, Luawa, excuse me. And Fergan Cormats. Uh, three first-round picks there in that draft. Um, Sean Long, James Webb signed the contracts. They did sign Gerald Henderson, Jared Bayless, and Sergio Rodriguez as well. Um, so that was a shit squad last on. year with some veteran. The Bayless, Sergio. Sergio was a starter over TJ. TJ soon yeah. beat him out for it. Um, uh, Bayless and somebody else you just said. Bayless is inactive right now. I don't I don't know what happened with him because he he's certainly not Bellinelli not sure. or Reddick. But I mean he he did add a, a few good games that won us a few games. Uh, whatever. Not a bad pick because he's actually an NBA player. Gerald Henderson yeah. that's the one. They they brought him in for leadership yeah. and you know Yeah, uh, well you gotta if, have that. You have to have that. If that if that helped the young guys learn to play together, learn to act like humans on the road and stuff like that, whatever. But it certainly wasn't a recipe for a winner last year. No. Uh, they traded the uh, Chubacabra guy, that I can't pronounce his name, uh, to the Cavaliers for Sasha Khan and cash considerations and then signed Dario Saric to a multiple-year contract. Good move there, well, I think. Yeah, he came over, and he was polished, yeah. and he was ready to go. Brandon Paul was signed to a contract. Then they traded Kendall Marshall to the Jazz for Tybor Police and a second-round draft pick of 2017, which ended up being Jonah Bolden. And a a 2017 second-round pick, which is Alpha Kaba. So there's those. Cat Barber was signed. Elton Brand was signed. And Deontay Christmas was signed, which the Elton Brand signed was a good signing, I think. Um, Jeremy Grant was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Ersan Ilyasova and a 2020 first-round draft pick. Uh, the t- the first-round draft pick for 2020 is top 20 protected and turns into 2022-2023 second-round picks if they aren't picked up in 2020. So if the Thunder are still good, you guys might get a first-round draft pick in the top uh, in, from 20 to 32 or 20 to 30. Unless they've traded it, yeah. which is possible. 
Yeah. Uh, a few more guys signed uh, some contracts. Uh, Charleston Randall. Then they trade Ursan Ilyasova in a second-round draft pick to the Hawks for Tiago Splitter, a second-round draft pick, which ended up being Sterling Brown, and a second-round draft pick, which ended up being Matthias Lasort. Uh, those players. Then they trade the next day. Nerlens Noel to the Mavericks for Justin Anderson, Andrew Bogut, and a 2017 second-round draft pick, which was Jawan Evans, and a 2020 second-round pick. And the, t- the pick not is the, top not 18. The Justin Anderson, not the Justin Anderson as a as a world beater, but he, yeah, he cleaned up he cleaned up Hinky's mess even off the court with that move because Nerlens yeah. just got busted for drugs yeah. too. So. Well, that and don't forget, they had three friggin' centers. <laughs> what do you got to exactly. do with three centers? You're not <laughs> you got to move nothing. somebody. They wanted to yeah. move Okafor, but nobody wanted his ass after watching yep. him play because he can't exactly. play defense and he doesn't have a jump shot outside of ten feet. Um, exactly. Justin Harper, Sean Long were signed. Alex uh, Parithis was signed. Then they traded a 2017 first round draft pick, which ended up being Jason Tatum. And a future first-round draft pick to the Celtics for a first-round draft pick, Markel Fultz. Now, the draft pick will either be the Lakers' pick this year if it falls between two and three, or the better of Philly and Sacramento's 2019 picks unless it's the first overall pick. So, at the draft, they take Markel Fultz. They take Jonna Bolden, Juwan Evans, Sterling Brown, Matthias Lasort in the draft. We yeah. know your feelings on Mr. Fultz. <laughs> Anything to well, add I mean, to that? I was I was pleasantly surprised with Fultz's debut, um, as you know, as you know. Yeah. Um, but then the, the, he's just a goofy son of a bitch. He's out 80, uh, 68 games. We all know uh, the shoulder was fucking all in his head. Uh, if if there was a problem, it was very slight. Two weeks maybe. The rest of the time was just he was fucked up in the head. And then he comes in, plays okay. And headbutts the best team in the history of of you know in the recent history of the fucking franchise. So uh, since then, TJ's got a, a little more minutes. Coincidentally, I don't know what that. I don't know if there's a coincidence <laughs> there, but uh, you know He's the guy rumbling, can score. Bumbling, the guy's stumbling all the way. <laughs> the guy always could score. He could make his own shot. Um, you know he he can take you one on one, which not many Sixers, if any, can. But the brilliant moves, uh, which I know were on the cheap, which made me angry with this Joshua Harris and his cheapness, were bringing in Marco Bellinelli and Irsan Ilyasova, who we got familiar with last year. Um, two yeah. veterans from the from the Hawks who clearly don't want to win because you know they're in that tank deal, and. These two came to Philly, and it gave J.J. Redick a break because you got another guy to come in and make a fucking a pizza and all that shit, Marco, <laughs> and and make a three-pointer. And Ilyasova takes some charges. Some games he's out of whack, but most of the time he's there. Been on, Between them, and eight, I think they've been on 18 different NBA teams. Well, you got to say he's better than the jabronis that they were giving up second-round picks for. No, I'm getting second-round picks putting, from. Oh. I'm putting it over in this current win streak. If you look at every box score, it's four out of the five are fucking Colangelo guys that that led the team. It's yeah, 
the they two, are. It's the two Hawks. It's J.J. Redick because now he has some rest and can come in with fresh legs and not blow his defensive assignment because he's like 33 years old in his 16th year playing all those goddamn minutes. And it's uh, Ben Simmons, who was a yeah. – as I stated emphatically, if we still had Hanky, his analytics would have pointed to Brandon Ingram and Ben Simmons would have been in L.A. or traded somewhere else, and we'd have not even had this conversation. So thank you, Brian Colangelo, even though you're still a yes man and you still do everything cheap. You managed to do some things cheap that worked. So I'm happy with the team's record, and I'm happy with the new slogan that's gaining some – and I didn't make it up, but the new slogan is here they come. If we can just get it into those goof brains that go down there, here they come. Here they come. And stop that goofy MB from saying trust the process. Then we'll be okay. <laughs> well, we'll finish up here. We only got a little bit here left. Um, they traded Juwan Evans to the Clippers for $3 million and Sterling Brown to the Bucks for almost $2 million. They then signed Amir Johnson and J.J. Redick, then signed James Michael McAdoo, uh, they signed James Blackman, Jacob Pullen, Emeka Okafor, Chris Humphreys. Then they gave Embiid the big contract. Um, they signed a few more guys. Um, signed Robert Covington to an extension. Then they traded Okafor and Stauskas to the, for Trevor Booker in a second-round pick, uh, which I thought, looking back on it, was kind of brilliant um, to do that. They finally they then, got rid of them and they needed to. Yeah, yeah, they they got rid of those Clean two guys. Up, an, another example of, of of cleaning up Hinky's mess. Yeah, a lot of it was. Uh, they signed James Young, Demetrius Jackson, Larry Drew, and then the, the the two big ones, the last two, Bellinelli and Ilyasova, both come in to Philly, and Booker w- was moved out um, to make room, I believe, for those, but. Uh, so yeah, Booker's Booker's a role player who I enjoyed. Sorry to see him go because he was uh, he's a scrapper. You know, I love the guy. He is. That, like even in his first game against Embiid, he was pushing him around, punching him, hacking him, just getting in his head. And Indiana yeah. won that game. Go figure. But uh, yeah. not to say that Trevor Booker is, is a major factor either way. He himself is more interested in business than basketball. Basketball is his gateway to other businesses. He hopes to be a, million, a billionaire. rather. Uh, he will be an asset to Indiana. I hope it doesn't come back and bite us in the ass in the playoffs. But another good, good thing overall, like you said, because we got rid of those two yeah. fucking deadweight Nick Stauskas process and Okafor process, and I freely admitted earlier that I wanted Okafor too, so I was stupid. But somebody in the fucking scouting department should have seen Porzingis somewhere. Well, I'll be honest, I laughed at the Porzingis pick too, but it turned out. But uh, Phil Jackson, the Frank, the Frank Nadliaboud pick ended up being a bust. So yeah. uh, I think they're in the they're in the realm for another guard, and we called that. We were both Dennis Smith Jr. guys, and apparently we should have been Donovan Donovan Mitchell guys too, but we weren't. But we'll get more into that as guys keep declaring for the draft. There's a lot going on. The playoffs start next week, so be ready for that. The playoffs, that's right. Uh, playoffs? Playoffs? Are coming soon. Yeah. 
Uh, the playoffs are coming. And one thing we'll tell you, you uh, should check out wowfreecam.com. If you don't check out wowfreecam.com, we only got one thing to say to you. Dummy! Dummy! Yeah! Yeah! You you heard it there. So check out wowfreecam.com. They are our sponsor. And thank you to them for helping bring this show to you. As TR, we went a little over uh, this week, but we really wanted to do this. I, th- I talked to you yesterday. We wanted to break down and go through the process. As it feels called. like and you exercised. It feels like you exercised the demon that was not only in my soul, but maybe the demons of the whole city and surrounding maybe. area of Philadelphia. Do you feel better though? Does it? Do you feel better now that we've went through it and we've realized that there is a the city of Philly is on an upswing in basketball right now? Oh, absolutely! I, I am completely smitten, and that's not that's not me making a joke by the fact that they're. You know, there's a little caveat that they're that, again. They beat a team tonight who's missing their best player. There are three games that could have been real: Minnesota, Detroit, and Denver. Gary Harris, Jimmy Butler, and Blake Griffin all missing, and the rest were terrible tanking teams in this win streak. So the upcoming game against Cleveland will be a measuring stick, um, and then they It'll got Milwaukee last. Last game of the season, they got Milwaukee, and depending on seed, seeding, that could be interesting without Joel. But, uh, you know, can't complain if we keep saying, here they come, I'm on board. I just put cotton in my ears if some of those goofs say that's stupid, uninformed. We just broke it down year to year, every single thing that happened, and you found four productive players on the roster from the process. Yeah, the rest of the roster. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of big games coming um, this week. Um, I'm looking at, but every Minnesota game is important. Every Denver game is important. Um, the Thunder and the Rockets play on Saturday. That's a big game uh, for seeding in the West. The Pelicans and the Warriors play. Uh, somebody made an announce or made a post on Twitter that said there's a lot of big games for the West. Even Portland and San Antonio Saturday is a big game. Um, the Warriors have nothing to play for. Will they set their guys or will they let them heal up or will they try and beat New Orleans? I'm hoping they play their guys. <laughs> so that's just me because New Orleans did win tonight. So. Uh, it's going to be th- this last week is going to really test my nerves, TR, as we go closer and closer to playoff time. Next week will be our special playoff update edition. Well, the Pelicans haven't won yet, but they're going to. And uh looks like Toronto is going to pull off a win against Boston unless something major happens tonight. So we'll see. Lakers play the Spurs tonight. Go Lakers. I'll say it first. Uh, Sunday, Dallas and Philly have a game against each other. So there's one that you're going to, you're going to circle. It should be a W. The Lakers have the jazz. That's an important game in the West. Um, then on Monday, the heat and the thunder play. That's two teams that can't afford to lose Memphis and Minnesota, Denver and Portland play, uh, new Orleans and the Clippers. That'll be interesting game as well on Tuesday, Sixers Hawks. So there's one for UTR. 
Warriors Jazz and Rockets Lakers could be interesting games. And then finally, the last day of the regular season, um, be on the lookout. There are a couple of games that may pique your interest. San Antonio, New Orleans, Minnesota, Denver, all important games. Utah, Portland, all. You got six playoff teams playing that day, potentially. Six potential playoff teams facing off that day. Wednesday next week is going to be big. Yes, it is. And uh, we will cover uh, next week will be pretty much all NBA except for maybe one guest, but uh, it will be very heavy NBA next week. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, We will be joined next week by – we will do a little bit of a a WrestleMania recap on our Monday night roundtable. Tim and TR will have their show this week um, discussing current events, news, anything that could have and would have happened, and we've got a few topics already for them. If I can get time, I'm going to do a run-in as well. Uh, We've got the Monday night roundtable from Sunday because WrestleMania is Sunday. We're going to go over all things that happened WrestleMania weekend on Wednesday, Conrad Thompson will join us after his trip with WrestleMania. That's right. From something to wrestle with and what happened when Mondays is Conrad Thompson. He will join us next week and give us a little update on what happened in New Orleans. And um, we'll talk a little basketball, too. Colin Sexton may come up next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, A lot of basketball to talk next week, though. Expect some heavy hoops next week. After we get done with Conrad, um, big shout out to Wow Free Cam again. Thanks to Lance Hoyt for joining us tonight. Larry Dameron, our bracket winner, joined us. Thank you. And TR, we had a great time tonight going through the process, figuring out and dissecting it and telling people <laughs> the truth because it's all truth. Uh, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, just that TR shock, uh, file at wide jump too. Um, <laughs> so nobody that night fights with can, uh, bust on our, uh, follower totals. Um, so <laughs> if you're going to choose between following at TR shock and at wide jump, take at wide jump first, but follow both. Um, follow both. we, we kind of forgot, uh, maybe we even forgot for a couple weeks now for our guest, Lance, follow Lance, uh, Whatever the hell, if you know it, Nate and, and Jeff Jarrett, I don't think we plugged either of those guys' uh, Twitters or what have you. And uh, that's yeah, it, follow, man. That's follow it Lance, Lance. follow Jeff. Follow Lance, follow Jeff. Lance is at Lance Hoyt on Twitter. You can follow Jeff Jarrett on Twitter by following at Real Jeff Jarrett. Just give our guests some follows. Show, show our sponsors some love. They're great. And thank you guys for listening um, we have had a great time tonight and we hope you join us again when we do our next few shows and enjoy those. And the flagship show will be back next Wednesday as we go full on NBA and get ready for the playoffs. TR, take us home, man. Peace.